I did hit relive though. Says we're live. Hello, I'm Eagle. Eagle Gardens. Eagle Gardens one on Instagram. And this is fucking talking shit episode 179. Hope you guys had an amazing Thursday. I did. Hopefully, I don't know if you guys caught the beginning of this, but we kind of had to do a reboot. Uh, it says we're live this time around, so excuse the kind of rough jump in uh, on this one. But uh, it is yep, I'm in the is. chat now. So. Yeah, we're definitely live this time. All right. Beginning of this, but we kind of... Yeah. So I guess the question is... Uh, how far back do we awkwardly go? <laughs> yeah, we can we can just sort of roll over what we. I mean, we didn't say much. We just basically appreciated uh, cheap home grow podcasts, growing with my fellow growers guys. Um, panel over there is really intelligent. You had said that. Um, well, well, you word it. What what you know? How do you see me in the panel? I see you as a pretty much a, a straight shooter there. Uh, you're not afraid to voice your opinion. You kind of, uh, I guess, a very straight shooter, I guess, would call it the best way to describe you on the panel. It's a nice uh, way to say, I appreciate uh, the way that son of a you, bitch. You just, <coughs> no, no, not at all. No, 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 I, no. I appreciate people that are not afraid to speak their mind and jump down the rabbit hole and, uh, you know, take it wherever need be. And you seem to be that guy on the panel. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, no, it's, uh, that's well said. And uh, I just I, I just really like those guys. And I think that they're really smart. And I look up to them, all of them in their own way. And um, I like arguing with them because we, we, we teach each other through like, our debate <clears throat> and we're all mature enough to like walk away and shake hands. It's not like my way is better. Yeah. That is uh, one of the great things about that show is nobody does kind of hold no grudges like that. And, you know, it, it does take a, a good group of adults to, you know, argue their point through. And sometimes it takes that uh, to argue your point through before it's seen. Somebody sometimes they can be people can be quick to, you know, shut opinions out before you've even got your foot in the door with the opinion. So uh, it's, it's, it's yeah, nice it's hard to like. Can, uh, it's hard to develop anything truly like when you are hold, holding back, you know, in science in general, like. You're never gonna take a step forward if you're afraid to. Uh, if you're afraid of whose feelings you're gonna hurt. Right now, right now. Don't be afraid to hurt mine tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be afraid to use those f bombs. It's in the title. Yeah. Don't be afraid to be afraid to hold back tonight. So, uh, I you have got you. You've told me already, but for those who are watching, uh, what do you got to smoke on tonight? What are you? Uh, what did you? I'm smoking on some sleepy, sleepy time smoke. Some uh, some classic blue cookies. Something I've had in my stable for a long time. I know a lot of people hate on cookies. I hate on cookies all the time. But if there's one thing it's good for is to like help me wind down at the end of the day, and uh, and so that's that's what I'm smoking is the blue cookies. 
What are you smoking on? I am smoking on a little bit of Challenger Deep, and I'll be throwing in some bubble hash I made on air the other night. Still smoking on there. Killer, man. Nice yeah, that... combination for a... Sounds delicious. The, uh... I hate to say blunt because it it's not a tobacco wrap. Is it hemp? Is it a hemp wrap? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. No, it's uh, just an element. Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. Gamers over here, one of these kings, if you will. Kind of uh, heard bad things about a lot of them wraps as of late. You know, the flavored ones, they were just kind of crapping on the other day. And then the cellulose ones, uh, they didn't... Uh, they were kind of crapping on those as well, which that was kind of due to be, you know, uh, of course there. But uh, the hemp wrap ones, I was bright-eyed, bushy-tailed when I bought one of those last time. And, uh, you know, thinking I was, oh, yeah, that's the right thing to do. Oh, but it didn't taste that good, <laughs> to be honest with you. I went right yeah. back to the old element. I think the best way to think about those hemp wraps is like <clears throat> somebody who's trying to get off of a more serious drug. So they're taking something less serious. <laughs> so if you're, you know, I used to smoke a lot of tobacco blunts and when I was weaning off of those smoking the hemp blunts was, uh, was a great replacement. I don't even smoke enough weed really to at one time to smoke blunts anymore. Cause I'm an old getting old and you know, I'm like, I just pack a bowl, but I do take a lot of dabs all day. That's how I get through. Man, that's a tough comparison, man. That's a tough comparison. I, which one could actually be worse on the lungs there? I, man, that's Dude. a tough call, man. Some of them dabs really opened me up and uh, made me consider another dab. Do you? think that could be a good thing the you know the way you could with a uh a dab you, your lungs expand almost like a good stretch is that a good thing yeah i i'd say that can be a good thing there's one thing that i've heard about dabs recently that i feel uh sort of inclined to express to you right now because it's sort of relevant is um a lot of these dabs are low temp you know everybody wants to do a low temp dab to get the flavors and so what ends up happening is you're not combusting some of the less volatile compounds in the extract. And so you're actually inhaling sometimes these raw, like crystal form compounds that can damage your lung tissue. So when I had a hash master explain that to me, um, I turned my email up. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of whack like that. I use an email, but but uh, I turned it up because, you know, it just makes sense to uh, to be as safe as we can. And as we develop these like really concentrated compounds, new things, new problems are going to arise. But you're right. The bronchial assistance, like it's like taking an inhaler, saber inhaler shot, you know. After you're done coughing, that is. I was always in, and this is just personal observation here. 
back when I first started dabbing and before temperature was like irrelevant, I guess, for me. Back then it was more it's red, go. Yeah. I remember those <laughs> uh, days. You know. I you would see it in your rig there, and man, that stuff would be like an inner sheet of glass, you know, in your rig. And that would always, you know, scare the shit out of me. Do you think that's, you know, an issue as you know? The hotter dabs is that happening you think in your body and your lungs it's us I, maybe yeah, forming that sheet i think that there's like a some sort of happy medium where you don't want to go too hot and you know at some point hot temperature is bad for you too you're breathing hot air is bad for your lungs so some somewhere i, I like to dab around 550 600 degrees at max but my wife much less like 450 you know so but i feel like she's probably not that's probably not good when she's dabbing some of the more terpier stuff again i guess i consider myself to be somewhat of a barbarian when it comes to dabbing because i still don't use a rig i don't really time it maybe occasionally roughly in my head but more or not it's using one of them dab straws or a hunt a nectar collector or something like that it isn't even a, a rig to where i should be accurately counting i guess yeah <laughs> I yeah know. with those straws especially with the thinner metals you just tend to like you want to hit it as soon as you can you know it's so like Yeah, this one I got here. Oh, that's funny you kind of say that because uh, these, I, I, the ones I have currently are just an embarrassment compared to, you know, anybody that dabs with something decent. And that's uh, this little guy here, titanium, which is I, flavorless in almost every way. It's like super turpy, but it, it does the job. And uh, Get you I you to go. tried this little guy. This guy lately, and it was like there was so much silicone here to tip. It's almost impossible to heat this thing because it seems like the silicone is just sucking up the heat as fast as you can heat it up. And oh man, it's terrible. Yeah, it's a terrible your flame, by the way, is like well over 2000 degrees when you're torching. And that silicone is going to start off gassing at 600. Yeah. So not a good choice at all. Yeah. At all. Put that to the back of the shelf. <laughs> the emergency. Everything else is broke. <laughs> yeah. So do I you got you kind of like usually have like a struck like you like have like particular questions you ask guys, right? Like and all the people you have on, right? Not at all. Not at all. This is well, as like, freewheeling as it gets. Okay, cool. 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 So if I wanted no. to talk about something you know, that Aaron, might I used to do people. that. Oh, sorry. You, oh, you can talk about whatever the fuck you want, to be honest with you. It's like, this is your show. If you want to take it in a direction where you won't see fit, you've got something in particular you want to say, go ahead. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, I used to prep a little bit more for these, but it, it seems like every time, and this is to current, I tried like uh, a couple weeks ago, to be honest with you, uh, prepping up, spent most of the day watching their videos, kind of putting together some questions, and then they cancel almost every time. Every time I put, oh, I didn't mean like specific special questions. I thought I had heard you ask people, like, you know, when does the first time you got stoned and like how'd you start growing and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, that's all cool, that's all important. But I had a, I want to talk about something just because it happened today. And of course, if anybody has any questions in the chat, um, but I had a discussion with uh, BioB, which is a like a beneficial uh, bug and, you know, insectary in, uh, on the East coast, I think. And uh, cause I've been having a lot of bug problems and I wanted to switch to a cheaper wholesaler. So I spoke to this guy today and his job was to like, is just to help people with their bug issues. And I, I have like a pretty extensive understanding of how to like treat bugs, but I, I'm always looking to expand that. So I learned some things today that I wanted to share that I think maybe not everybody knows. It's sort of random, but um, do you use beneficial bugs in your garden, Eagle? Uh, Just ladybugs as of current. Uh, Okay. Sometimes nematodes, but rarely. I haven't used them in quite a while. They're kind of hard to source uh, here and like to go in and buy them. And my mail sucks. (laughs) <laughs> my mail absolutely sucks to try to get anything live. If it te- if they're telling you it's going to be here in two days, more than likely it's going to be a week. So I learned a long time ago never to try to get anything live in the mail. It's just, uh, it's tough. I gotcha. In that circumstance, it can be tough. You know, if you can't find somebody who's close, a uh, retailer who's got some of the more I don't want to say exotic bugs, but stuff outside of just ladybugs and like uh, praying mantis that you might find at your grocery store. Um, and so those kinds of things can be lacewing larva. Uh, there's a couple of uh, beneficial mites that go by the name of Swarskii and Cumanus. And so I learned a little bit about those three things today. And uh, Swirsky eye are going to be your general predators that are going to time of year. When, um, if it's still, so if you're having russet mites, Swirsky eye in the warmth of Paris. Um, and uh, so those are some predatory mites that are going to benefit you in your garden. And then lacewing larvae are, uh, they have... A few different instar stages and the younger ones are going to stick around in your garden for longer and the older ones are going to eat more right away so the larger ones are are more effective for a large population of let's say aphids but um if you want to use them as a preventative you want to put out eggs or first instar stage so these are young smaller lacewing larvae so I realized that this is sort of like random, but I really wanted to share that because maybe people know what I'm talking about and maybe they are like, what the fuck, shut up. 
dude get to what you're smoking but like i don't know i just want to put that out there because it's on my mind so there it is no i appreciate that you know there's uh we're always looking for better ways to uh fight things in our gardens without chemicals and you know beneficial insects is definitely the way to go in my opinion if if they're available to you I just happen to be stuck up here in northern Michigan where there's just nothing here. It's just, it's nothing here. It's sad. Even when uh, it, I lived up here, as of late, they just started getting uh, ladybugs up here. And then the praying mantises. And I was like, ugh. Even when they brought the praying mantises on, I was like, boy, that's an expensive way to uh, ineffectively fight things in your garden. That thing. They, they yeah. you know, they, they're fighters, but they're not going to do a whole lot. I mean, ladybugs, barely a step up, but the preen mantis uh, didn't seem to be as effective. Yeah, they're not. Um, they're very, uh, they're very pretty though, right? Like we like to look at them, but like, you know, they eat one or two things and they're full and they really are not, they're generalists. You know, they might even eat your beneficial bugs, but I want to run something by you. You're not able to get anything live, but eggs are preserved pretty well. So if you can, if you can um, order lacewing eggs, put them in your garden, that's going to last like a number of weeks. I, I don't want to quote anything because I don't know the exact number of weeks, but those eggs last a certain number of weeks in your garden. And they're sort of like a really nice, cheap preventative, especially considering how much time it takes to uh, spray something versus like, putting a bug in your garden. Much less time involved. So. Uh, as far as a uh, range of things they take care of, what would be the range of things they'll take care of for you when you introduce them into your garden? Uh, lacewing larvae are savages, dude. They're, they're really generalist predators. So let's see, I'm switching to my lacewing page. Um, it takes them about five days to pupate. So, you know, the, the younger they are, the longer they're going to be around in your garden. They spend about four to six weeks as an adult. And if you, in your situation, you'd want to be rearing them. So like, you wouldn't want to be ordering eggs over and over again. You'd want to understand their life cycle and allow them to grow into adult and uh and <clears throat> and produce more eggs on in your garden and so you can do things like banker plants um they the adults will feed off of the nectar and the pollen and uh the larvae though those are the ones that you, that you're looking for and they look like little lobsters they're like long like scaled i don't know what the word would be like a lot of legs creepy big jaws that can just smash on stuff and um and they start when they're first out of the egg they're like the size of like the tip of this pencil and then they get all the way to like shit as big as the eraser when they're like full size and they in this stage they they're primarily feeding on your your bugs they're just little lions and you can watch them they'll be under your leaf 
they'll go, they'll hunt an aphid or two and like just clench onto them and the aphid will try and get away and they're like pit bulls. They just like lock on and the aphid just slowly dies. All right, dude, a lot of people said my name in here and I feel like I should start shouting people out. Should I do that? If you would like, go right ahead. It, it seems like as you describe these videos, uh, you know, it sounds like you uh, you get into this. You've seen that you've watched oh, a few of these. Uh, I'm you know, such a throw down, and nerd. you're like, "This is impressive. This is and impressive." Let me remind. Let me like take it back for a minute, dude. I'm from the hood. First of all, that's kind of where my core is. I became a scientist later in life. So like. I, I grew up in the streets. I grew up with like having to defend myself and learning how to fight. Not that many people know that about me. And, um, and so when it comes to insects, dude, it's a war. It's like a little war zone. And it's like every little thing in there is like trying to have babies and trying to kill everything and like just suck nutrients and just fucking destroy. That's all. That's their motive. But um, yeah, shout out, uh, let's see, shout out Modern Genetics, uh, shout out Madam T. White Feather. Chris Mertz, that guy, I've seen him in a, uh, jump onto so many of the uh, live chats on the uh, Cheap Home Grow. And he's a, seems to be a very smart guy. He is a very smart guy. Hangs out in this community quite a bit, helping out. Greatly appreciated. Shout out to American one. I just said, yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. I'm just rolling up the chat yeah. here, just trying to hit everybody. Johnny, Johnny Canacee, at least if I reckon. Ian, if I'm saying your name, I recognize you. Genetic Memory Farms, big shout out there. Nice guy. Uh, Prometheus Soil, heard that name a number of times. 808. Yeah, appreciate everybody showing up. Um, I don't know why you like me. Maybe you can, or why you want to hear this shit, why you want to hear me say anything. Tell me in this chat so I can talk about it because I don't know what the fuck else to say. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know if you drink. Well, I think we're on options uh, ends of the ferment here. I'm yeah. drinking kombucha, and you're over there pounding the beer. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Yep. I got a, a Lagunitas, a little something. I have like one beer like four nights a week. So it's like I get my, my fermentation uh, in the evening that way. My, my gut's working. Man, I have never had this myself. This is a 25-inch Oh, yeah. Man, this stuff, it? I don't know. Kombucha can be, this is excellent. Holy cow, I wish I could get a case of this. This is like, I don't know. It actually is very good. Is it blueberry? Uh, what is it? It tastes like a blueberry snow cone, which is oh. very odd, you know, for kombucha to be like, very Dude, I feel like your lips are a little bit blue too, like you just ate a snow cone. 
they they probably are they probably are but man that, that thing's funny. delicious man yeah it's almost guilty good yeah i know what you mean you're it's gonna drink three bad. more it's supposed to be healthy yeah no <laughs> it can't be do they put gatorade in here or something right yeah <laughs> exactly Jack Greenstock and Chad, what's up? Oh, man? Jack, yes. I that's more of a worship than a shout out with that guy. Big shout out. Yeah, definitely a great guy. Nice enough to host the so, show every Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate this. somebody grabbing the reins and taking on over there for Shane. Yep. He just kind of. What happened to him? Is he uh, just on a hiatus over there for a minute, coming think, back sometime? You know, I'm not sure. I haven't really uh, – I guess it's sort of like uh, I wasn't around when he uh, took off, and so I'm not privy to what his plans are. But I do know that he – so we have a chat. Like, the group has, like, a live – like, you know, like a group chat on Instagram, and he's there, like, time from time to time just to pop in and say hey great episode guys stuff like that um but i think he's got a few other projects if my understanding is correct i might be wrong jack jack knows jack where's shane he'll tell us <laughs> i'm gonna take a dab of some of my favorite rosin it's uh east coast sour d that Ooh, is good stuff right there yeah, stay out of the sleepy time zone. Yeah, I'm coming back. <laughs> I'm speedballing, man. I got the, the upper and the downer and the downer. Oh, whatever. <laughs> He's on hiatus, Jack says, with the wink sunglasses emoji. There you go. I've been ever since I made the hash, I've been slacking on the devs. Old school hash is the way to go. It's just I'm kind of lazy, so it's it's like easier to just the e now, dude. This thing just any any time of the day, I just walk up to it and slob on a dab and then go about my way. Yeah, that is definitely one of the nice things about dabbing is that it's like quick nice punch and then you're on your way to where i'm sitting there still smoking for a half hour <laughs> i like smoking for a half hour yeah no don't get me wrong like, <coughs> that's why i like joints and blunts because <coughs> you get a chance to talk even you know, if it's sadly, yourself i i noticed in the morning i'm because i'm a, i'm a fucking smoker i'm a waking baker you know, I get up, usually roll two, sometimes three. I well, you're heavy, I bro. And uh, I noticed how much time I was wasting there in the morning just sitting there having my coffee. So what I did was I ended up pushing my exercise bike over to the fucking table. Now I sit there and smoke and fucking drink my coffee while I'm on the exercise bike. <laughs> it's okay. kind of cheating, I know, but at least I'm getting something in there. Like it's, it's balance, man. <coughs> Shit. <coughs> that one made me a little warm on the on the brow ridge, right? Here. <coughs> That's when you know they're good. Oh yeah. 
What do you got? Uh, what had, size pots are those behind? I had you? tens. Those are tens back there. A little uh, overkill for what's in there at the moment. No, those no, were no, some no. test lights. And they're usually more like, I don't know, they're more like that, usually. <laughs> more like that on the usual, but uh, gotcha. they'll get them there in the next round. I just kind of threw them in there all natural to see how the lights would do. But we're doing okay. Dude, 10-gallon is not overkill. I think it's hard to keep much soil biology alive and anything less. But in a plastic pot, you get to keep a little bit more soil biology alive around the edges than a fabric pot, which is what I'm sort of used to using. Well, I guess this is where I'm ready to start taking it is uh, that's not that's not much. So there's not much. There is some microbes going on in there, but that's cocoa. I'm oh, OK. Oh, oh, dude, I have so much to show you here. Let, let me show you the world of organic. It's like I have a door over here and inside is organic growing. But actually, it's just my pantry. <laughs> Shout out Clackamas okay, Kids uh, in the chat. Oh, see, this is where it gets. Uh, I I said last night on air, uh, fate can be a cruel bitch. <laughs> fate can be a cruel bitch. I'm sitting here, uh, I've been, since I've been doing this, uh, the whole, whole organics thing has been uh, making more and more sense. It's just, the, I'm a caregiver and that transition to how I can keep things going in my perpetual now uh, is, tends to be, tends to be the big, bug, big uh, bugaboo, if you will. Uh just to get the timing right and all that other stuff is that why I'm so hesitant. But it, it just makes more sense. I'm tired of dumping shit out in the yard when I can just be reusing a good soil. And I'm just, I guess I'm afraid that moreover, I'm going I'm to be that guy that's running around. And, and I'm, I'm that guy, too. I'm that guy. Once I take something on, it's, it's full tilt. So I can see at some point, you know, worm bins, compost piles, Bokashi, you know, all of it. I could just see all of it. Open it, running down the hallway and opening up every door. Now I'm like, ah, 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 ah. Come, <laughs> come, yes, do it. Dude, you'll, you won't so, regret it. It's all a lot of fun. I go, I go to the dump yesterday. I'm, this is how far in the woods I am. I, was, I, I go to the dump. There's no garbage man that drives down the road past my house. I have to load my uh, stuff up in my pickup truck and there's a dump station where we throw everything. So I did that yesterday. I load up and I was like, it's a little lax. I ain't been there in maybe a week, week and a half. And there's only certain days you can go as far as that goes. There's like four days a week you can load up and head that way. And as I'm like dumping off, he's like, well, starting next month, you're limited to uh, five 30 gallon bags uh a week per household and i'm like what this is you know so instant i didn't think about it i was all pissy i'm calling tomorrow i'm calling tomorrow i either want my taxes reduced or mm -hmm. something something's gonna give here this yeah. is bullshit and then as i'm live on the air last night i get i it's like like i said fate kind of just slapped me across the face and it was like Now's the time to start organics, isn't it? <laughs> you got it. You're being forced to reduce your garbage footprint. What a better time to start some compost bins, some earth, you know. 
I'm like, oh man, maybe, just maybe it's time. Don't get me wrong. It's not like an easy switch. <clears throat> I made the switch um, in, I guess it was like 2013 or 14, um, where we went uh, from advanced nutrients to to uh, down to earth, all the down to earth one. And um, I haven't looked back, bro. It's like, I've just been running a, a laser focused race down this road. And then I met Jim Clackamas Coot. Um, and he's totally opened a whole new door. It's like with the worm bins, you know, vermicompost is like a whole, I mean, you can do organics without ever knowing about vermicompost and have really good weed like I did, but then you can learn about vermicompost and like learn how to grow really good weed for much less money, much, much less money. And when you can make your own vermicompost and it's better than anything on the retail market, that means two things. You have a really good product and number two, maybe a business because there's not many people out here producing high-end vermicompost. So you really want to dive into a rabbit hole, you could end up uh, on the other side of the fucking world. So once I start making my own stuff like that, I mean, how do I accurately gauge uh, dosing or nutrient? You know, I mean, how do I know what I've got and how do I know how to apply it? Um, I would say that if you use controlled inputs, there are preset ways to understand how your final product is going to come out. That's the like cheap at, at home kind of way to do it. It's just like, okay, this recipe says that if I put these things in with these worms, this is how it'll come out. Um, the more advanced and technical way to do it is to actually start testing your, your end product. So sending it to a place like Logan labs and having them run NPK plus all your, your micros on it, which is really only like 60 bucks a pop, like cheap, cheap grows at home. I don't know why, if you're not doing organics, you're not doing soil tests, you know, and I, this doesn't apply to you, Coco guys, because you guys are in a, you're in a higher level of control of your, <clears throat> your medium at all times. But, um, but with the organics, it's like, you know, you got to know what's in there. So soil test is where it's at. And when it comes to worm castings, there's preset stuff. Like you can do this without doing soil tests, without doing worm cast testing. And um, so that's a good way to know. And then you can always supplement with certain things that are really nice organic inputs you know, if your numbers aren't where you want them. Um, a lot of micronutrients can be solved with kelp by either feeding it to your worms or just to your plants. A few things can't be solved. I posted about this um, on my Instagram, but a few things can't be solved with kelp, but they can be solved with other things, other organic inputs, um, which I'm working on figuring out. Just had a really good talk about gypsum with Jim today. Clackamas Coop and um, such a great input for organic guys because it's like it's uh, calcium and sulfur 
And so the sulfur is immediately soluble in water. So it breaks apart from the calcium and the calcium ion becomes immediately available to the plants or the microbes. And so too does the sulfur and the oxygen that breaks away from the sulfur. And, um, and so when this, when you put gypsum in your soil, you're building a profile that lasts in terms of calcium because calcium is a, is a metal no matter which way you slice it. And so it's, it's not like it's, it's pretty tough to leach out of the soil and it's, you know, it's going to be there until the plant is done with it and you fucking smoke it in your bowl. And, um, and sulfur makes terpenes. That's like your main ingredient to make high terpene weed is uh, sulfur. So, you know, and oxygen, that's obvious. You want um, an aerobic environment, aerobic microbes. So anytime you have the opportunity to put oxygen in your soil, fucking you're golden, dude. So that's interesting. I've been hearing more and more of the use of uh, gypsum in the soil. And uh, I don't know if it's just something that's newly being introduced into the cannabis community or if it's something that's been sitting on for a while. Oh, but dude. if we were looking to, uh, you know, for CalMag sources in uh, this type of uh, a soil environment, would we better be, would we be better off? making sure there's gypsum in the soil and maybe uh, supplementing on the mag side with some uh, uh, Epsom salt to even things out? I would say that that is the right way to approach it, that you, because there is no such thing as like a cow mag deficiency. So that product is, is inherently snake oil-ish. It, it's not that it has no value. It's just that if you have both a calcium and a magnesium deficiency, Okay, you can put cal, you know, CalMag in there, but there's there's organic ways to get um, calcium and and magnesium into your soil. But dude, cannabis is not a magnesium hungry plant. <laughs> no matter what what the grow store employee might try to sell you. Well, somewhat it seems to be, you'd be used more under the LEDs. It seems to be uptaked a little bit. My understanding well, on the, the, the CalMag thing, and I feel free to jump in and tear that apart, is uh, I just was always told they were paired in a bottle because uh, they had to be supplied in, in the soil or uh, medium in somewhat uh, even amounts. Otherwise, if one they cited one, one way to the other, they kind of uh, affected the uptake. Let me give you a different approach, or a more holistic approach. Um, all of the nutrients in your soil need to be in balance in a very particular balance. And CalMag is no different, but your soil is much more hungry for calcium than it is magnesium. And so when you consider that the world's soil is 70% calcium, okay, the world's soil is 70% calcium you have to wonder about these CalMag products. What we need in our soil is calcium and maybe sulfur. You know, magnesium deficiencies, plants aren't, the, the science of magnesium in the plant, well, 
Yeah, my ion or element in a chlorophyll shape molecule. So you have a chlorophyll that's shaped like a, a key. And in the whole of the key, you have magnesium. And so for every chlorophyll, you know, 10 spaces on the checkerboard, there's one magnesium. It says my connection is unstable. Are, am I still coming through? Yeah, you're just fine at my end. Okay, cool. Still. Um, and so, and 10 to 1 is just a made up, I just made up that number. But that is sort of what it looks like in terms of if you were to like look at the, the molecule. Now, there's other uses for magnesium in the plant. But primarily, that's what you're looking at. So if the plant has enough of it, which probably it does because everybody's put cow mag into their soil one time or another. Um, you, you know, you can, uh, you can use gypsum. Now, magnesium, uh, langbanite. Langbanite is a really great source of, it's, it's actually gypsum plus, mag, plus Epsom salt, but it's, it's, a, it's actually a naturally occurring organic salt um, that is calcium rich and it's potassium. Oh, that's what it is. I'm sorry, not calcium. It's potassium. Yeah, I fucked that up. So it's actually, that's potassium, magnesium, sulfur, potassium, sulfur, and magnesium, magnesium being the, the lesser of the, the three, but that would be your source of magnesium if you were looking for it, I suppose, or Epsom salts, if you want to just pure, but to this day, I've never put Epsom salts on my soil because of, uh, you know, I just understand that when that Epsom salt comes into direct contact with my, the microbes right there, it's going <laughs> to, there's going to be a little pissed off group of microbes that, you know, aren't going to like that high dose. So, I mean, maybe if you dilute it in some water, some Epsom salt in some water and like fed it to your plants, sort of dispersed like that for magnesium. Yeah, I usually add it to my water when I'm adding the magnesium or the, the Epsom salt there. Yeah, probably Except a good in call. My, uh, in, in my instance, I'm, usually it's a little Epsom salt and a little uh, molasses uh, to, into the mix is what I add to the cocoa. Um, what are your intentions with the when you use the molasses? Well, a little bit of a sweetener for the plant, maybe a bud hardener late in the flower, but a little bit to feed the microbes, a little bit for the plant. I don't use it in a high dose. You know, I'm using it in, let's see here, four tablespoons per 17 gallons. Oh, wow. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're just giving a little bit of food to the microbes and, you know, I bet you have a healthy micro population that you don't even know about. Well, I do, you know, when I transplant, I am using azos and mycos and uh, once a week Call all it. purpose plus. So I try Dude, to, you're I organic and you don't even know it. <laughs> I understand the importance of it. You know, uh, I think and when I talked to, when I first started doing uh, the Michigan Bros Grow Show there with Spartan, uh, 
I, w- I would talk to him and tell him, you know, how important I thought that root zone was. And he'd be always telling me, you know, it's stupid. You know, you, you're using salts. You don't have to necessarily, you know, worry about that root zone. And I kept always telling him back then, I'm like, no, the importance of that root zone to this day, when I'm done with that plant, I don't judge, even though it's in cocoa or whatever, you, I, I don't judge my performance about what's going on up here. This is minimal. My, my, my performance is in that pot. When I, that plant's done and I flip that pot thing out of there and that pot's not necessarily just full of beautiful white roots, I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I have fucked up. There Absolutely. is room for improvement. Things can be done. You know, that's where I judge my performance is in that root zone. And for lots of reasons, you know, the, the overall plant health, defense, and I believe, you know, you're, some of your turf profiles is coming out of that uh, medium or dirt. So I, I believe that to be an essential part of the plant. So below is so above. I mean, you got to keep it in balance, you know? I agree. I, uh, on a really general level, I think of the, the entire like soil bed as the stomach of the plant. And it's like, you know, digesting, it's taking up nutrients for the plant. Like, so how your gut, when you eat something, it goes into your gut and your gut digests it and your takes up into the walls of your gut. It takes up the nutrients into your body and in ways that it needs it. And I think of, um, and I think of the root zone in the same way. So I don't want to reach my hand in there and like, oh, what's, how wet is it? You know, pull out a Columbus soil. Like, you know, I'm obsessive like that. So like, I don't want to mess up the uh, fungal development or root zone or any anything. But I'll shove stakes in if I had, you know, there's there's plenty of ways to, you know. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like talking two sides of one fence because there are ways that you can be dumb about, you know, uh, or, or rather obsessive about it. And then there's ways that you can kind of like understand it so that you can do things that are economically like so that they make sense economically. That makes sense. Like, yeah, I'll destroy a little bit of root zone to shove a stake in and hold this branch up. Easily rebuilt for, you know, it's for the greater good. Yeah. Moreover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well said. You know, uh, so I'm kind of curious. You seem to be a good person to ask about this. It seems to be a, a re- reoccurring subject. And as of late, it's been brought back up and it's always fun to entertain. But um, so how do you feel about necessarily, you know, the transfer of turps through the soil zone? And I'm not talking necessarily through, uh, you know, uh, a fermented fruit, you know, feeding. But do you think uh, that it is possible for like, say, if you have one plant growing close to one uh, canvas plant? that the turps can be affected through the soil, through microbes and enzymes being ingested from one plant to the other. As it's being in, you know, taken up and excreted, do you think the plant next to it can take it up and you know, take some of that 
with it into the other plant and change it a little bit. Have you heard the story about strawberry cough? Yeah, that's kind of one of the reasons I'm bringing it up. I've heard the the, the legend. <laughs> and moreover, I've kind of heard it again in kind of like a retelling, if you will, as yeah. of late. And, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, curious. so they, they claim that, <clears throat> yeah. I, I will say this. There isn't um, a whole lot of like directly relevant research that supports that, but there is some sort of, sort of like gather okay maybe this is possible and i i can't cite it because you know fuck if i know right now off the top of my head but it's it exists there's research out there that kind of like would make you think that this is possible um now the the control of terpenes is generally like genetic in general you know it's going to be plant potential and the ways and then the ways that we influence it is plant health number one and number two activating um the plants um sar it's the uh uh systemic acquired response or something like that okay sounds right coot help me out here jim jim will, he knows he knows this shit really well but um in, in essence is what is it those, chat. it's an immune Response in the plant, and it can protect it by producing compounds on the leaf. Fuck! What, where was I going with this? What would? Oh, transfer microbes, right? I got. I should round this back out. Terp. Yeah. About so. And stuff like that. Terps is the way. To, yeah, the way to increase terps, and that's really genetics and and good health systemic acquired response and then also sulfur but the uh my understanding of how sulfur increases terps you, you'd have to really ask somebody else because i'm like you know i could start to like scratch at it but i would just piss a bunch of people off who know more than me but it works uh, there's something about it case here i you know i I, well, you talked the strain and then the defense, which it pretty much is phenotype, right? The environment, it, the plant fighting off its environment, which produces its in particular phenotype in your environment, correct? Kind of somewhat that. But uh, do you believe that uh, terps can be exchanged somewhat in the soil or no? It's just the three variables that you've stated. I have to publicly, I have to say no. I don't think that that's possible. Well, maybe uh, in the again, future. Can, you know, I'll say I, maybe in the future. Not even with uh, fermented uh, feedings, fermented fruit feedings. No, I think I think that's I think that's possible. I think that there are undiscovered pathways. Um, there are pathways. So salicylic acid pathway. There, these are pathways that exist in the roots. Okay, and it's also something we can feed the plant. And it's, it's directly relevant to a whole lot of processes in the plant. But, um, uh, and so we can feed salicylic acid via like aloe vera to the roots and the plant will directly take up that out of salicylic acid. So that's just one 
there's hormonal acquired resistance, which uses jasmonic acid pathways. And you can feed the plant jasmonic acid to encourage those. And um, so let's go ahead. Oh, no, I cut you off. I, I no, I was going to I was going to start to read the chat. I was running out of shit to say you go. Well, what I was wondering was like kind of with that being said, if you can influence you know, the turf profile with, a, you know, a fermented fruit feeding somehow with through the acids or one way or another, I believe it can be accomplished. So with that being said, again, I guess I'm just reverting back to the, the strawberry cough thing to put some logic to that. If you had a field like that, okay, let's say a huge strawberry field and fruits necessarily weren't harvested on time and they would sat there and rotted and died in the, you know, the soil for a few seasons. Wouldn't that make them certain acids and stuff available in the soil and maybe just maybe uptaked in a I'm cannabis plant out under here's, here's me. If you can fucking science it for me, I'm on board. I'll ride the train. If you can, if there's something there, if you can make a connection and Oh God, what's his name? Um, this is a guy who did strawberry cough, who claims strawberry cough. Um, yeah, Kyle Cushman. Kyle Cushman, thank you. Um, you know, his story has been, I would say falsified. I guess people have said that that's bullshit and that he didn't even make it. Now I'm not calling him out. That's just what I've heard on the streets. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't I don't make judgments, but I, I just don't I haven't if I haven't seen it personally, it's hard to say. And, and especially if there's no research out there, like no implicit research. And but wait a second. Genetic memory said expression in strawberry fields of ethyl methylphenol glycidate is thought to be an effect of being a bioaccumulator. The strawberry glycidate comes decay of the stems and leaves. OK. So if the microbes are consuming these compounds and then dying near the microbes that will eat those microbes or fungus that eat those microbes that are near cannabis plants, here's the thing about life and earth it always finds a way. So part of me just wants to believe that, yeah, fuck yeah, that's possible because, because this, anything can happen on this, on this planet, especially <clears throat> like on the micro level. You know, when you get into individual atoms and compounds, you, you have to start considering quantum physics and the quantum level and, and think physics, normal physics doesn't apply anymore. You're like suddenly, it's different. You muted yourself. Let me hear that. I hate that. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've recently, you know, kind of been dipping into, you know, paying attention a little bit more to physics. But like you say, as a scientist, as soon as you start paying attention, you've tainted your own experiment, correct? That's right. They even found out with quantum physics, 
observation distorts results. So <laughs> there's an observer effect is what it's called. And um, it's, it's, it's such a unique science. And when you start to think about it, you're like, well, I can't do any of that. I have to focus on soil science because it's, it's, it only applies in like the weirdest of conversations, not, not, and you know, the coolest of conversations. Actually. I'm a weirdo. So I guess I think of that as cool, but. That molecule is what it's like the G8 molecule that they've discovered on the quantum physics level there that as you change every perception that everything changes completely the way you're observing it. Oh, good on you for remembering the name. It was a, the, it was the relationship into the, the eighth dimension was the G8 particle, I believe. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Did you hear the one about the, the, the famous one is the, the double slit experiment? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I'll explain uh, it to the viewers just so they get a feel for it. But it's like, basically they discovered that particles, <clears throat> light particles can act like waves or physical particles. And it just depends on uh, how they're being observed, the way that we measure it. So if we measure it as a wave, we can see a wave. If we measure it as a particle, we can see a particle. And the way that they did the test is they set up a, a board. Shout out Raptor Grow, smart guy over there. He probably has something to say about this. Um, they have a board and it has two slits and they shoot lasers or light of some kind through it, maybe photons, probably individual photons, I think it was. And they basically shot them at random rates. And what they found is as they passed through the slits, they didn't just wind up in one spot on the backboard. They spread out like when you shoot water through a slit, it would go through and then the waves would go. So a photon does the same thing. It start it acts as both a particle going right through, and then it it also spreads out when you measure it as a wave. <clears throat> and so, when you try to understand that, like, give you know, you just gotta give up. I do. That's what I love about that uh, physics and stuff like that. Even uh, uh, psych uh, psychologically or. Uh, Yeah, I'm with like you. Philosophy. There we go. Philosophy. Okay. I love uh, philosophy, the way you can just like set your mind off on uh, different what the fucks and just trying to put together, you know, different uh, processes, thoughts. It's a, you know, it's a good way to spend the day, you know, uh, listening to that stuff and trying to put together, wrap your mind around things that, uh, you know, light just uh, light's a good instance for me. It was the same video I was watching that was explaining the GA particle. There was trying to wrap your mind around why light doesn't leave a, a trail like fly, fire does. Uh, why it doesn't, you know, how can it be such a how it's how can it be so instantaneous without leaving some kind of a trace and how it, yet it can be so defined? Uh, 
how can you know it just seems light in itself the way it works uh blows my mind both speed it just seems like it can heat up particles or it's there's something more going on with light than we can fathom it just for for me the biggest example is you know obviously the sun is putting off light you know it's coming at us in different forms but yet space itself is dark as shit but light reappears when it hits our earth so it's light dark then all of a sudden light again uh that whole thing kind of just how that can happen and still be light kind of just fucks with my head you ever see <laughs> that picture that um that tell us that that satellite took where they turned around and looked at earth and they called it the pale blue dot no i haven't okay it's a famous picture of our earth from as far the farthest away it's ever been seen and it's a pale blue dot in a beam of fucking light, bro. Hmm. A, so beam. It's a beam. So then again, you just kind of bugaboo fucking mind fuck me a little bit. Uh huh. You know, again, we're talking uh -huh. about a sun. It's but you're you're talking about a plane of light. Uh, yeah. So what's it's, happening? I believe. I think my understanding is the. Uh, the reflection so reflection is is bouncing off of our atmosphere and reflecting between the sun and there's gases that sort of aligned perfectly that make that photo look so cool but um but you're right light light boggles the mind and let me boggle your mind a little bit what if we traveled the speed of light and we had headlights you're going so you're in space and you want to go to the speed of light but you have headlights. Would they stop working? Would you catch up to them? Mm, yeah, that's a tough one. Would you man. be inside it? Like, what? What would happen <laughs> philosophically? Like, where you know, where does that light wind up? Uh, it's a tough one for me. Uh, it would seem. Mm, seem like because of your moving and it's being projected off you it would have some chance of getting ahead of you but man uh at the rate of you know how far it, it would be yeah. like a little four foot bar like let, maybe you turned on your lights and then you, four seconds later you took off i think it would be like a little four second bar right in front of you but then it, maybe if you turned on your lights while you were moving you would just not be able to use your headlights at all. I don't know. Anyway, we can jump out of that rabbit hole if you want. <laughs> it's a good question. You're going to have me thinking about that for good. Now. It is a good, this right. is a fun thing to think about. Yeah. That is a good question, right? It really is. I never really thought about that. But it, it, that the whole light thing is the way it can be bent and uh, just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mindfuck, but I love going down them rabbit holes, especially moreover, not so much in conversation, but like just sitting here, you know, listening to it and pondering it as it's being explained to me and trying to wrap my mind around it. It's like, yeah, who, you know, who comes up with these theories for one <laughs> and then to, to digest it and then try to run with it yourself can be uh, Einstein, can be by the way, is is the answer to that question. 
the G. That shit's better than coffee, though. It, oh, yeah. The, those questions are honestly better than coffee. I love it. They really yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah, Einstein used to sit and ponder what would happen if he was falling through space, a vacuum, inside of a chamber. So he had the power to come up with the theory of, um, uh, what the fuck is it called? Uh, uh, relative, is it relative theory of gravity or something like that? Fuck, man, I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, he came up with all that shit. So like, you know, the theory of how gravity um acts or how, how oh the how grab the fabric of gravity and all that shit he thought of that like in his mind chilling in his lab just just sitting there like yes gravity so got it that that poses a good question for me to you there is uh you know <clears throat> so how do we how do some of us do you think you know we're necessarily uh some of us are necessarily born incredibly smarter than others and just have i mean we all acquire skills throughout life you know you you do something and how many times have you done something and you've thought to yourself beforehand uh i'm not gonna be good at that yeah that's it's not for me and then you, you actually do it and you're like wow I'm fucking amazing at this. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't even yeah. know. And it came to you like just you didn't even effortless, effortless, like you were made to do it. Uh, how much of that is buried in each one of us? You know what I'm saying? That it just hasn't applied that feature, it just made that step. So I'm, I can't help but wonder, with that being said, uh, is it something to be with? past lives you know what i mean past life type knowledge that just hasn't awoken in a, in a in us or is it something to be more like i kind of believe in a, a little bit more on a frequency level to where you know our minds are in different frequency at different points of the day and somebody like einstein let's say maybe uh maybe though different and incredibly spark uh maybe slightly broken you know what I mean? To where his tuning, his, you know, the tuner was slightly damaged and he could pick up on that other frequency. Maybe the Kashik records as we've been talked about, I've talked about in the past many a times, but maybe that's just floating around us at all times. And, uh, you know, he was just kind of able to relax his mind. And I think that's, you know, that dream state where we think and solve a lot of problems. I think that's where it is. I, we just have relaxed enough to let that signal in our brain just, you know, fade out a little bit and pick up on some of that shit. So do you think that's in the case in people like Einstein that where, you know, they're just able to tap into that? Because, you know, in my eyes, in my mind too, I guess that relates to this is imagination i in when we were kids you know our imagination is fucking wild we can see things in our heads just as plain as day but as we get older and polluted <laughs> polluted and things you know around us maybe dull our frequency maybe we just can't uh 
vision or tap into that extra uh, you know frequency layer of imagination because i'm a firm believer in manifestation you know if you can see it and wrap your mind but that's the key Aaron. you have to actually see that shit in your head actually like you can touch it once you can kind of touch it in your head then it's you know there but uh and i think that's where a and, lot of people and what einstein did is essentially the same thing you are exactly right i 100 percent agree it's like taking something into your mind's eye and then like imagining how that can be i mean to me it like like elon musk dude like think about what he can think about and then do and so it's about it's about like your mind plus your availability of resources i mean so einstein had a had a university where he could create like he could get paid to to write things down you know we wouldn't have had his mind without that system you know we wouldn't have elon without his ability to like straight hustle cars and like spaceships and shit like so i don't know there's there's like there's there's this controlled burn that goes on with with people like you're saying it's exact i think that's exactly the right way to put it is like they're damaged and they can pick up on that that thing that that yeah that floats around everybody's head and they're just like fuck it i'll i'm just gonna reach out and grab this thing i think something like that i think it's uh, it's like you said it's always there i think that because how many times and how many of you even in chat have had a fucking problem just fucking stumped on it you've been on it all day long just couldn't deal with it you've just you've practically given up and then in your sleep in that relaxed state in you know the theta beta but depending on wherever you're at in your sleep there kind of drifts off and you're able to you know just for even a moment you know relax and tap into that frequency for a second and you wake up boom there it is holy fuck plain as day you know what I mean? To the point where you're like, oh, man, I need to, I, I can't believe it. You practically want to run towards the problem because you now have the answer. There's, I believe, I'm a firm believer there's there's something more to that. I mean, we, it's able to be reached through, like, meditation and stuff, the clearing of the mind. Kind of re- recently, uh, if you haven't watched it, it's a good watch, if anything. <laughs> I mean, as far as we talk about things that make you go, hmm. It, the, uh, the, there's a video on YouTube about earthing and uh, what it's talking about is uh, people getting sick and it, it all these problems with anxiety that people are having is uh, being put forth from all these signals, frequencies that we're jamming into the air. And basically what they're saying is, uh, and there's a lot of scientific knowledge in here in this video too is that we're walking around like antennas sucking it up and because of our natural processes or are us avoiding or getting away from our natural processes wearing rubber-soled shoes elevating our houses up off the ground that we're not grounding and uh 
like ourselves, just like a radio, just like a TV signal, just like anything else that need to be grounded to get rid of that extra energy. They're saying that, you know, at least 15 minutes a day, you need to go out, put your feet right into the dirt. And by doing that for 15 minutes a day, it's discharging that extra bullshit that you've picked up throughout the day. And they, whether what they're finding is it, it's a big, uh, a relief and anxiety from being so charged up all the time and, uh, inflammation both in the heart and in the joints from that same, you know, being wired type feeling all the time. And they were had studies of like people, uh, actually sleeping on grounded, uh, sheets. They, that's how the guy originally kind of came up with it and noticed the effects is, uh, he laid out some like aluminum ducting tape on his bed and then uh, took grounding wires and actually took two grounding wires, ran them out his window and then grounded them into the the earth there and was slept on them. He said the next day he, he just noticed, you know, amazing relief from his uh, arthritis and stuff. And then it just lit up and he started putting more and more effort into the studies and got more and more people interested into it. And the, it's like an hour, well, hour and one minutes, but it's, it, it's, it makes a whole lot of sense in a really kind of corny way. I mean, if you believe in a lot of that stuff, you, it's an aha moment. It's like, wow, it just makes too much sense really. But I don't know. Yeah. Get bored and check it out. What's the name of it? Earthing. It's, Earthing is the name, name of it. Oh, Earthing. cool. Okay. All right. Yep. Cool. I, uh, so I had this, Oh God. I, I dated this girl in a whole other lifetime ago that had Lyme disease that uh, had this holistic nutritionalist that told us, told her to, to ground for 15 minutes every day to go outside and put your feet in the dirt. And what I started thinking about as I learned about organic gardening was microbes. And everybody knows about the microbes in your gut. But maybe what they're not familiar with is we have microbes all over our body, on our skin. And when you feed those microbes, they serve you. And so in a lot of ways, we're interacting with the soil in the same sort of indirect ways that plants do. And, um, and that's, this is all my conjecture. Like this is stuff I made up in my mind. I'm like, I wonder if this is true. Of course, you know, you need like, like tens of thousand dollars worth of grants to do studies like this. But like, there's definitely something about um, uh, about it. Uh, I oh, I definitely know about grounding. Yeah, it's it's a big deal. There's a shop I went to for like six months. I had a grounding patch on the back of my phone that I was like, every time I touched my phone, I would earth. Oh, I don't know. There's a bunch behind this stuff. So I, d I definitely am not uh, doubting it or anything. I uh, I think there's something to it. Oh, they even touched uh, as far as, uh, you know, grounding in the whole aspects to ground yourself, you know, physically. But they also touch on... Uh, the level that you're talking on and on the micro uh biology level just kind of you know the symbiotic 
relationship you and your body have uh the the relationship we're kind of re coming across now with uh funguses if you will uh psilocybin in our relationship we you know that we're finding with the soil and our biology uh there's we're definitely one we're i think we're on the cusp of that's that's why the whole organics thing i <coughs> okay just to take this on a whole corny fucking you know rabbit hole type fucking thing here i think this the canvas plant is being ushered in and it's such a quick uh rush as almost a a, a steward if you will for the right thing to do taking care of the land it, i mean look look at how much it's pushed forward in the last few years just in the study of microbiology aimed towards cannabis uh then it, then i'll and then as that goes is being pushed forth then it's kind of opened the door and tips the organics type aspect of it and uh making us you know realize how important that is and it just seems to be once you get that open now it's like now it's taking care of the earth doing things the right you know put doing being a good steward of the earth and putting back and actually realizing your relationship to the earth i mean i think it's the cannabis plant was here to like usher in our next phase of dude, correct living dude that has to be like on your fucking front page of your everything that's such a good statement like I, I, and I vibe with that a hundred percent because I used to be a salt grower and like, I used to like all my main concern was grow the best weed and it still is. Don't get me wrong. But when I tell people what I do or like, if I'm to like, like explain something to someone about what I do, I just tell them I leave the land better than when I found it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a farmer. I'm not a grower. I am the grower, but like I, I'm a steward. I'm a steward of the land. So my job is to make it better. And it's really simple. You can do that in so many ways. It, it's much easier to approach your job as a farmer when you can think of things that you can do right than how many things can go wrong when you're actually farming. You know, it takes one, you can only get it right in one way, but you can get it wrong in so many ways. And when you're thinking about how to take care of the earth, you can get it right in so many ways. You can fuck it up really bad too. I mean, I think about it moreover on that, you know, the cannabis plant, we're, we're encouraging everybody to grow her. So she's sneaking into everybody's you know, life slowly and starting that grow process. And and as they start to grow, it just, there it is. <laughs> there it is. You know, that's the funny thing about it, Aaron, is it, I guess this can kind of even apply to yourself. I mean, uh, we come from all aspects of life. You said you kind of come from the streets and think of how many other people that are out there you know, growing the cannabis plant, different aspects of life. And then as they start to grow, you know, then they're like, now they're learning about organics, microbes and stuff like that. Just kind of being sucked in from the plant. How do you go from, you know, you know hanging out in the streets and doing whatever to 
you know, got to learn more about this biology and, you know, organics, you know, yeah, it's, you know, yeah. it, it's just sucks you in and she, it's the steward. It's honestly, she's here. Didn't give a shit about in. chemistry in high school. Didn't give a shit. I mean, I got, I always got good grades. Don't get me wrong. Like, like, and I went to college and like did my thing, you know, and, but I went for, um, for psychology and I started my PhD out in, in California, actually for like six months, I was like studying cognitive science at UC Merced. And, um, and I, at the same time, I was like, cropping like in my closet, like just these, just some, such fire, probably just, like almost as fire as the stuff you got behind you there. And, um, you know, it was like, oh, I don't want to do anything but this anymore. I just want to come. I just want to do this. Like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to grow. I just want to sit. And when I'm not growing, I just want to sit next to the plants. And, um, and that's how I wound up away from academia, from the hood, away from academia, into plant biology. And uh, just a crazy, crazy pack. It's so many of them too. I mean, like, look at um, you know Mr. Soul there. You know, uh, he was way far from this path. What uh, astrophysics, I believe, was his field there uh, before the cannabis. You know, you have uh, uh, Hota the grower or Hota herb there. I'm sorry, I don't know why I threw grower on there. I'm gonna blame it on the hash. I'm gonna blame it for <laughs> on the hash. But you know, uh. uh computer science basically you know engineering there and then mm -hmm. you know closet grower sucked in by the plant i'm leaving that behind <laughs> both of them you know great careers and different things and just sucked in by lady cannabis it was like totally intrigued yeah i could you know launch rockets but i'm gonna launch seeds <laughs> dude hota is somebody i really look up to uh He's been on the panel a few times, at least a number of times. And uh, he's like, man, you know, there's some people in this industry that are dividing themselves apart as really outstanding people. And Hota is one of those people. Um, he, I think within like just, it wasn't long of like me being on the show that he personally messaged me and was like, I appreciate, I like learning from you and I appreciate what you're doing. I don't know if you hear that enough. And I'm just like, I think I teared up and I'm just like, Oh my God, like, I don't hear this. Like, this is fucking, and coming from somebody like Hota, who's, you know, he's been in the, he's OG dude. Like, I feel like he's, a, I respect him like OG, you know? And um, so getting that message from him and for you to bring his name, you know, into the conversation, I couldn't, I couldn't resist giving him, Full due credit. Really great guy. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. He's been on the show as well. He actually oh. gave me one of them fucking Zen moments. He did, too. I, I guess believe since it. you kind of shared yours, I'll share mine. Is, uh, uh, I'm kind of like getting sliding deeper and deeper into like uh, Buddhism and meditation. Just that kind of way of thinking and as i was talking to him there was just something about uh about him that made me want to ask if he he meditated himself and he took me down a, a weird rabbit hole and it just 
I never expected it to go that way. And I, I never expected how it like kind of turned around and clicked an answer in myself without, you know, it wasn't even a question I posed to him. You know what I mean? But through his story, kind of something that clicked in, in my head. But uh, So I asked him if he, he meditated. And he looked at me uh, real seriously. And he says, you know, every time I use this plant, I'm indeed uh, meditating in some form. You know, I'm trying to clear my mind. I'm controlling my breathing with every hit. You know, I'm purposely taking in a slow breath, holding it just like I would when I was meditating. So, yeah, basically every time that I use, take a break and use the plant that I'm, I'm in some form of meditation. He's like even deeper, you know, when I go outside and I can actually take that moment outside and kind of take in the Zen moment of the clouds and, you know, be able to watch things around me it really takes me into like a, a meditation type state and I was like wow that makes so much sense but what clicked in me is you know uh I'm a, I'm a pretty heavy smoker and I think a lot of us are guilty in thinking that it, it's the medicine that or the strain that may not be working on us you know what I mean we've got to smoke several different ones throughout the day to to get that high kind of stay up there and what I realized what he was telling me is um I think I'm fucking just using the shit wrong, you know, and that's what it is too. Yeah. I think, you know, I can sit here with the same strain all day long and smoke it, smoke it, smoke it. And, you know, just think to myself, man, this shit's just not hitting me. But when it fucking you take it outside, leave your environment for a moment, let your mind get out of your bubble, look at the birds and, you know, take yourself to another place. And then you come back in to wherever you were you do in fact realize it's working you just haven't left your environment you haven't relieved yourself from and let it work you didn't i'm just not letting it work dude you know what i mean i'm sitting it's that's half of medicine that's half of the medicine is is your mind state like you know the idea behind any medication is to uh to like fix your mind I guess of any type of any, like for me, ah, fuck, I'm getting too specific with it. But for me, how I use cannabis is to like fix my mind, like take away anxiety and do stuff like that. Um, but eventually I want to get to a point where I use less and there aren't many drugs that encourage you to like use less as you figure out how to use them. Um, you know, I got distracted for a moment because Jim texted me, Clackamas Coot texted me and said, like when he, he, he's in the chat, but he texted me because I think he wanted me to like say this. Um, he, and I, it's, God, it's so good. He said, in Zen, we don't look for answers. We lose the questions. And he's, and what he's talking about is, you know, detaching from, from the value of, of seeking and uh and really like man you know mushrooms is the answer to that that's how you that's how you win that game i think 
or other things you know i don't want to demonetize your channel or or flag or any more videos but <laughs> there's oh, definitely no. i'm an advocate I'm lsd an advocate. for me Actually, is... i've done a couple episodes uh me and tanazi uh quite uh openly did a, a psilocybin episode to where oh, we were cool. both tripping balls oh that. fuck yeah and, dude uh, awesome and then uh me and uh endo 11 if you go back and watch it that's a good one to watch but if you like one interested in this type of thing he actually hit me up before the show and he's like man hey man i just wanted you to know that uh you know i kind of suffered from the anxiety a little bit and so i'm gonna i'm gonna take you know i'm going to microdose a little bit to help ease and i'm like cool i'm right there with you and he's like yeah really so like we've kind of <laughs> paired up before this show and matched up numbers a little bit <laughs> there's times where we're talking i mean it was a great show it, i mean super you can tell it's like heartfelt on both sides there's times where he is just like just sweating and tripping balls and he's like man i gotta go i gotta go towel off for a minute he go actually goes like four times i think it goes like runs his head under some water towels off like the fourth time he's like gone for like 10 minutes he's like sorry man i lost myself in the, in the mirror there for a few minutes <laughs> that's no micro dose bro that's <laughs> oh no we were deep we were deep yeah. yeah 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 buddy it started out it started out that way then i like it started he told me that what he and i told him mine and he's like oh shit, i better step up and then it kind of went well sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know how that goes. But it, it yeah. got pretty deep, but definitely, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with yeah. you. Yeah, it's that's a kind of stuff. At least yeah. once a year. At least oh. once a year. It's more frequent here, but yeah, at least once a year. Well, I haven't done it in a while. I'll tell you that. No, I'm not just saying that, you know, to save my ass on the internet. Like, I've been, God, I had like a year where I was just like uh, doing it all the time. And, you know, I was getting shit done, um, but I was, like, getting into La La Land a little bit. But I realized that, like, it actually, like, I grew, like, immensely during that period of time. And, like, in healing from certain things that had happened to me a long, long time ago and just kind of got better and better about dealing with them. And especially through tripping, talking to my friends while I was tripping, experiencing true love, like, for your buddies and shit like you're talking about you're just like and you can tell it's all love and shit and you're just like you know you're just like dude the world needs to chill the fuck out man like there's something about you know what happens there that's it's sort of like that and um uh, i definitely agree they can definitely help you with uh fix some things some past problems some ptsd if you have it and uh you know, moreover, it, it can be a very great growing experience, just like you said. Uh, it can be that you basically running through your mind, as I was talking about earlier, opening up all the organics doors, running down that hallway. That's what, you know, psychedelics and you can be in your mind, running through, opening up all these doors that uh, you never even knew existed. And I think that's, a, you know, we again, we kind of talk about a little bit about uh, reaching that next plane of knowledge there. 
and I think that that uh, psilocybin is a big bridge to that gap. You know, it just it opens up your mind to a whole new realm and that you wouldn't normally see. Maybe you know, like we've been always been told, we're only using like ten percent of our brains, but through the you know, psilocybin, it's definitely opening up some of them doors and uh, maybe utilizing a, a lot more of that space. Uh, I'd like to sure. comment on that. That's a really cool thing to think about. Um, being that I have a de degree in psychology, I, I'm qualified to discuss the, uh, the idea that we use 10% of our brain. And it's not entirely false, but what's really happening is our brain has a finite amount of oxygen based on how much it's getting from our bloodstream. And we can only use so much of that in certain places at certain times. So like you're only using one part of your brain at a time. And because we're human, for whatever reason, we only have parallel thought, I mean, singular thought process. We can't have two thoughts at the same time. We can only have one thought at the same time. And that has a lot to do with because we can only have enough oxygen to go to one part of our brain. But when you take hallucinogens, there's been brain scans on people and they're having far more areas of their brain light up at once. And um, so what it does is what it feels like is it's dissolving boundaries. You know, that's one way to describe it is like you lose the idea of there being a difference between any two things. You understand that we're all everything is one like and um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Everybody should, everybody go try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely at some point it, it should be experimented with. And I'm glad that that's another thing as cannabis is being uh, recognized that in some states that uh, the importance of uh, mushrooms is being uh, recognized as well. You know, there was a time where this stuff was utilized, both the LSD, uh, psilocybin, and cannabis was used in psychology for uh, many purposes. Uh, and it's a shame that it was just kind of yanked out from uh, tool, their tools from Mother Earth that can better explain what's going on with us. And it's a shame that they, as tools, were ripped from you guys from uh, for study. Mm -hmm. And uh, see, I mean, it really, uh, it's nice to see that it, in some ways it, it's coming back. Uh, it is, yeah. The whole ayahuasca, too, that's one place I have yet to go, but I would like to, uh, to experience that uh, opening of the mind at least once or twice. Unlock that door, <laughs> at least peek behind that door one time. Can I ask you, Eagle, uh, how old are you? Uh, 48. I'm 48? not as young as I used to be. Yeah. See, but you're, I feel like you're, well, you don't look a day older than like 38, I'd say. But look, I, I you. it, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, I don't think I'm ready to face the demons that ayahuasca like would bring me to, you know, that I, you know, I, when I'm, I hope that I like can when I'm, you know, a little older, but right now I feel like, oh, I just, it would be so hard. 
Well, that see, brother, that's and if you don't mind me interjecting there, I think uh, that's where we're going wrong. Or you know, I think we're destined to repeat this phase of life that we, you know, until we re we have licked all those demons and face. Oh, I want to lick them eventually, but not. I don't know. I just feel like I'm not. I don't have that a wet that grasp on. Hard to explain, you know. It's like you feel it eventually. It calls to you, you know. Like you do research, and then it, you start thinking about it, and thinking about it, and thinking about it, and then. And I haven't gotten to the point where I'm like, "All right, I'm going to Peru," you know. <laughs> but either way, I mean, uh, obviously, there's something you've gotten locked away for one process or another. Either you know it stumbled and failed, or it scared you, or there's a reason why it's locked away for one reason or another. <clears throat> but in the end, you know, we learn lessons from our stumbles and falls. And you have to look back and see where that lesson is in that stumble and fall in that demon before you can necessarily move forward uh, to the next, uh, you know, the next phase. It's a, you know, as there, it's just a puzzle piece. We have to figure out all the questions before we can move on to the next phase of the game, if you will. You know, so you have to face them, face those demons at some point, if you want to or not. And, the sooner you do, the better off you're going to be in the long run, in my friend, in my opinion. All right. Well, I'm coming to your house, Dr. Eagle, to give me a, you know, like the shaman treatment. I need, I need help, dude. I would need like somebody to like blow that nicotine shit on me, you know, and then slap me with a broom and do all that good stuff. Oh, man, I'm telling you, they, you know. I, I've told this story too. I think I might even told it to Endo, but man, it wasn't not too long ago that uh, it's coming up on two years now. But man, I had taken some, taken some uh, mushrooms. They're actually truffles, to be to be exact, psychedelic truffles, which are legal because they don't ever flower or come above ground. <laughs> they're still a fungus state they're in truffle so makes them legal but uh on a nice night of them uh i was kind of forced into like a realm of seeing some shit that was like ahead of me yet and it, i'm telling you right now if it hadn't have been for that night that fucking of being forced to see it it was one of those nights too where you know i actually had to have somebody i call somebody and actually have to know somebody was there you know what i mean just to touch base but what i seen that night what i had what was forced upon me that demon if you will that we're talking about if i wouldn't have experienced that demon that night if i would have walked forth without that night into the future what laid before me in the next year would have fucking killed me it would have actually broke me fucking both mentally and in every fucking way. But because I had been forced to see it and know it was happening prior, uh, I knew exactly how to deal with it. And I think I walked through that mess, that minefield that happened at, with fucking 
superiority in my i was you know other not only people that you know not only i thought that of myself but people that knew what was going on in my life at that time fucking were like fucking i can't i can't believe that you're doing the things you're doing because <coughs> you're fucking if it were me i would have could be handling things completely fucking different and i'll I say that like, you no. you bring that aura to the table like <clears throat> in watching any of your your shows you you definitely bring that sort of like uh you know, you can tell you've seen some shit. What I don't know, I don't know you at all. Like, you know, for the viewer, like this is the first time we met, other than DMs and shit. And um, but, but being somebody who's been through some shit, I can see that you've been through some shit, and you've clearly, you know, you've been to that dude. There's this place that's so dark that makes you shine. It's like all of us. You either turn off, you either turn off, and I'm talking fucking whatever that means for you or you fucking turn on and some motherfuckers turn on and you can see that shit in you for sure i appreciate that it means a lot man it, it does it means a lot it kind of just gave me some chills that uh <laughs> you can you can you can notice oh but i thank you thank you that's the best thing i can say on this thank you it's sort of like the but, saying, uh, real recognize real. I feel like that is like, that that satisfies this. Yeah, that's a great way to, great way to put it. And uh, I'm terrible with compliments and a great way to leave it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, let's so, move on uh, to growing or something. Ugh, shake that shit off. Right on. Yeah, 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 I agree. I totally agree. But you know, I you know what I think's been cool about you coming on too is uh, the fact that you knew what was coming up, and you're like, you know what, I'm gonna drop, pop in here and at least drops a little bit of fucking grow knowledge before I start talking some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me, man. If you if you let me go, I'll just start. Ta- I'll just break out my fucking notebook and start talking some shit, but. Ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, my goals these days are like spend less time in the garden and more time with my family. And um, the only way to do that is to like, you know, I'm just trying to figure out how to spend less money and less time in the garden. And uh, months ago, everything changed. Everything fucking changed. Uh, you had your moment, huh? <laughs> Dude, that was the, the most recent. Yeah, fuck yeah. Nice. You know, uh, it's funny that... Uh, oh, it's not funny. I'm glad you're exactly right, too. You, family is one of the most important things uh, that you have. And uh, makes you most whole. You know, for me, when when in that moment too, and maybe you can find, you know, some relate to this. I hate that we went back to this, but in that moment that uh, I you know I found and I I started giving this advice. You know, if at my moment, if you ain't fucking doing shit that fulfills your heart, your soul, you know what I mean. Your soul is the only thing that you're gonna take with you. It's the only thing. Not nothing else. No. 
material goods, nothing else. Your soul is the only thing that you're taking with you. So if you're not feeding the things that feed your soul, that make you fucking feel good, that brings out that reason why you practically just spring out of bed, that shit's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> if it ain't that, you know what I mean? If it ain't that giving you that feeling, fuck wasting your time, man. That shit's got to go. It's just got to go. In my opinion, when I heard you say that, it kind of hurt to see that the garden was one of them things that I were hitting the back seat. Oh, so it's definitely not. that's just one of the few... Listen, listen, listen. I'm like an obsessive person. So like when I say this, I mean like I went from like working 70 hour weeks in the garden to like 30. And it's just because I reduced the size. Um, My county changed their legislation. Trying to pull the rug out from everybody. I'm not even going to say what county because it's so fucking hot up here. And I don't know what the fuck is next, but I'm totally legit because I reduced the size of my garden and it just so happened to work out like serendipitously that I, you know, the birth of my daughter happened and my garden is this small. So I have time to spend with her so much time. I mean, I, I feel so fucking bad for all the dads out there that have to work like even 40 hour week jobs, man, that shit. You can't be with your kid for 40 hours a week. That's, that's so hard. And I get, I'm so fucking grateful that my life, you know, that I've chosen the things I've chosen, that my life has led to this point that I get to, you know, reduce the size of my garden and, and still maintain an income. And so I just, uh, I just bought shameless, shameless plug. I just bought atgacres.com. I'm trying to like get some stuff going. I got, I got some things in the works. I actually have like a product that I'm bringing to market and has to do with, uh, with growing. (coughs) And uh, I think everybody's going to, going to like it. It's not a fucking fertilizer. It's not a fucking IPM spray, something more, more practical and more functional and not something I got to run through a bunch of stupid tests and shit. And, uh, so I look forward to bringing that to market. As soon as like things are squared away on it, I'm going to tell everybody what it is. And it's not even that big of a deal, but I think it's, I'm, I'm excited about it. And uh, so I bought the website for, for that. And then also to start setting up for um, my wife and I bought property in Oklahoma and we're setting up like a, uh, like a homestead. We're going to move there and like set up our homestead and like a farm, like a cannabis farm and, legal cannabis farm shit and just do everything you know the laws in oklahoma are so legit that we're going to be able to like have a life without fear and you know california changes the laws every other fucking week dude and not just california but like the counties up up here in northern california and the hills the ones that they know what we're doing they they put out one law, they say, oh, you can grow this much. And then halfway through the season, they fucking change it and they cut it in half. And they want you to go cut that shit out or they're going to come raid your shit and take all your fucking money. Whatever money you got. I don't care if it's 500 bucks, like you got money to feed your family with. Like if you got more than the amount of weed plants that you're allowed to have, they're going to take all that money. Yeah, that's bullshit. That's dirty pool right there change up mid game yeah that ain't right yeah 
Yeah, I'm going to say uh, I'm not in this county, but Calaveras County. They uh, this is a couple, maybe a year ago or two, not quite two, but they uh, they issued licenses. They collected five million dollars in permitting fees and licensing fees from growers, and then proceeded to raid everybody on that fucking list that bought a license, and then eventually there's like a class action lawsuit and the people of the people that uh, that did that that got raided got their i guess some of their stuff back i'm not really sure how it finished out but it did seem like there was a win on the grower side on that one but in my area yeah, there isn't that. any attention at all it's just like going completely under the radar it's like there's no social media. Actually, there ha recently has been some social media about it, but people are unaware of what's going on to, you know, the people around me. It's fucked up. Sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Uh, I, I can't scroll a little bit, but as far as Oklahoma goes, oh, I was saying I do remember that there in California where they uh, charged him. To, they encouraged him to come in and, uh, you know, work with them. They paid their fees. They got their tags, and then that sheriff's office turned around and gave all records to the feds. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I do remember that. That was bullshit. But I was just talking to a well. Well, hell, I talk, I was talking to Brandon Rust the other night, but I was talking oh, yeah. to Whitefeather the other night, mm -hmm. <laughs> who is an Oklahoma grower, too. Both of them, mm -hmm. and uh, he kind of spilled that. Uh, unlimited plant count and I was just like oh my lord I could just you know that's I would almost I, you know at first thought I thought I'm gonna I would fucking pheno hunt like crazy you know every I have all kinds of strains I would just be then the then the fear in me was like no just like you you were just saying this is too good to be true you the first time you emptied that case <laughs> They're gonna come take everything, and you'd be lost. Everything only plant have. <laughs> but man, I would be pheno hunting like crazy. Oh, I'm man, all for it. I'm all for it. But you know, if you plant a field, if you plant an acre, for sure somebody's gonna come up on that acre. Excuse me, and steal some of that. So there goes some of those phenos, and then. Um, the other thing is it's a lot of maintenance, like field, you know, acreage planting is, is a lot of maintenance. Brandon, he can fucking handle it. He's got the he's got the experience and the scalability knowledge to, to do it. That's not my interest in Oklahoma. I'm not going there to take advantage of the twenty five hundred dollar plant unlimited plant count. I'm going there to do what I came to California to do that California won't let me do. I moved from Florida in 2011 to California to fucking get my PhD and to grow weed, ended up being growing weed. And, um, uh, you know, they ended up changing so many things. It, it's basically like entry fee here is a million dollars. If you wanna, if you wanna do anything, and you gotta own, that's not even including the price of property. You wanna be a grower in California, you gotta have a million bucks in your pocket. 
And where, where are you going to get that million bucks, Mr. Grower? From your illegal operations? Oh, you can't do that. No, you need investors. You need Mr. Walmart and Mrs. fucking, you know, whatever, big McDonald's to, to control you and pull strings. When this shit started popping off, I had investors from Canada offering me $20 million. Then they sent me their business plan and I was like, no way in hell, dude. They wanted me to be an employee of my own operation. And um, yeah. so, so what ends up happening, you know, so let me get back on track, I guess, a little bit. Um, Oklahoma being $2,500, you know, it's, it's not so big people can come in and steamroll. It's so people like me can have a chance to compete. I want to be able to grow really high quality greenhouse and outdoor cannabis, light depth shit. Shit, I want to take, I feel like I spent 10 years in California to learn. It's like college and I did college, but then I came to California and I did grad school and it was to learn how to grow, you know, learn the ways of the people in the hills here. And now I want to take that information and, and bring that kind of quality to Oklahoma. And um, the legislation there, you know, you, you have to be a resident for two years to own a business. So that's what people don't talk about. So it's hard to just move there. But I've threaded enough connections into that state that I can kind of make that work. So things are going to start happening. But it wouldn't be possible without their really kick-ass laws. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're right. You know, for one person or a couple of people you know, on Acre, be a ton of work or just a pheno hunt that, but man, still, I would, I'd be willing to try. It'd be a blast. <laughs> you know, uh, oh yeah, for sure. It's just a, you know, miracle that they've opened it up, been a little more free thinking with numbers than uh, any of these other states, you know, to get to work, get, good work done for phenol hunting and discover, you know, good things in the cannabis plant, you have to have decent numbers and wean down. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to find some fire strange and why we haven't found that skunk yet. Nobody's been able to drop a thousand seeds, you know, 1500 seeds side by side to find out, you know, do the selection and wean it down. We're all dropping five at a time, different spots. Nobody's really letting them kind of going out or, taking proper records like we should and no they, well there's not the network uh you know to well slowly it's getting there to let that guy halfway across the world know that just pop that <laughs> that five pack the skunk one the traits that he should be looking for for the skunk you know what i mean he might it might be something he just seen not went the other way with uh, for some reason just went with the cheese side just oh yeah just Whatever, yeah. That side doesn't even interest me. There it goes. <laughs> yeah, know? and I think that's what's uh, happened to a lot of the, the good stuff is, you know, uh, less than adequate breeders, you know. I, I don't know. Let, misinformed. People looking for stupid things, not understanding the future of cannabis and, uh, and, and just looking for the short-term profit, you know. And so cookies was born. 
Yeah, that, I was kind of touching on that subject the other night. Uh, somebody was asking about me and what type of seeds I like to run with. And to me anymore, it's, you know, I like to see breeding being done, but it's being done on such a widespread scale right now and such a untrained level at what the genetics are being thrown out there. It's like I'm almost begging for to just stop. <laughs> just mm -hmm. stop. You know what I mean? I can see it at home if you want to you know, BX some seeds just for yourself, just so you ain't got to buy them, but don't start necessarily spreading them out. You know what I mean? How to be a breeder. Step one, get a tent. Throw some pollen at it. Step two, start making t-shirts, bro, because you're on, you're on fire now. It's, it's on. You're done. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, I just cannabis industry is a fucking be, joke for that reason. Nobody takes us seriously. It's like, of course not. We don't have any fucking empirical evidence behind us. Nobody like cites research. Nobody, everybody just talks out their ass, and nobody has anything like scientific to say. And that's, I don't know. I'll sh that's my soapbox moment. I'll shut up. Well, I, you know, as far as genetics go, this is my tip for people that want to buy genetics is unless you can see them the person that the genetics that you're interested in and you've seen that person maybe on youtube or whatever and they're talking about their strain and you can see the passion in their eyes and they're actually even showing their plant and how much they love it and reasons why they love it that's a good breeder <laughs> and them are all good signs right there all good signs of something you might want to chase and that's the thing of well, that's the advice I want to give you is, you know, if you can, if you can be patient and you want to really find something that you're going to be feel good about growing, go to these events, go to these, uh, you know, the booths and talk to the breeders. And, you know, you can actually, you know, see that fire in their eyes and the ones they're excited about working with. And, you know, if they can't talk knowledgeable and you can't see the fire in their eyes, that, <laughs> here's a fuck pile of chucker. Just keep moving. Just keep moving. Just don't even bother. Just go tell them you talk to the one that says, yeah, this is the one I found this and I keep wanting to work with this and it expresses that. And yeah, you want to, you, that's, you want to talk to them. You want to run some of that cat stuff because he's really passionate about, and I'm sure he spent some time into breeding that gear out and he's proud of what he's brought that day then we're good people you know that's that's why i like the events that you know there's so much people bitch about the you know the cost of these events but for what you can do there you know find quality shit meet these people and then be able to be in a large group and you know smoke down be in that whole you know group atmosphere festival atmosphere it's worth that fucking money to me. I love that feeling. You know, that's an that's an interesting perspective, Eagle, and I think you have a really cool, like, look at that because when I used to think about festivals, like when I was underground and I didn't show my face and everything like that, um, I was like, man, why am I paying all this money to just go buy more expensive fucking seeds and weed and smoke with people that don't like? I don't know. Try and smoke with people that don't care about me. But once, like, I, I guess once I started understanding branding and marketing and stuff, um, 
it started to make sense to network with these guys instead of just smoke with them and understand their perspective. Like you were saying, like see the passion in their eyes and not just like, what are you smoking on? Like Matt, you want to match? Like, no, like, Oh, you're breeding this and you're, you know, your life's work. And you know, you've been, you've been working on this one strain for 10 years and Holy shit, man. Like, that's what I need for sure. I'm about that passion. And sometimes you can even discover that passion, like by contacting people on Instagram or whatever, just like DMing them and like a good person. I don't care how many followers they have. They'll respond like whoever you are. If a, a good person will check their messages and they'll respond. Not if you're like shit me packs, bro. Like, no, nobody's responding to those fucking messages. Stop with that shit. But like, um, but like, if you're like interested in anything else, literally about any of, of, you know, anything I do, I'll, I'll respond. And I know people that have fucking 20 and 60 and 80,000 followers that are buddies of mine that I, they're buddies of mine. Cause I reached out to them maybe when I only had 500 followers or a hundred followers or something. And, um, and they were cool enough to be like, to treat me like an equal. So I think that that is that same fucking, that like feeling can, cause we live in a virtual world now and events are like hard to attend, but like you can, you can gather this shit virtually. Yeah. I've been lucky to sneak to a few so far, just small local events, but I'm, I'm trying to make them. Trying to make them. I yeah. need that. I need that ground for me. That's the earthing. <laughs> that's yeah. the cannabis earthing events. <laughs> Dude, I just had a great uh, couple of people visit me on my property. Uh, who I like unbelievable energy. Um, shout out to Lime Drogo and his girlfriend Ashley. Um, they. Uh, really incredible people man and they're on just an incredible journey but she's really really sick battling Lyme disease and but just feeling their energy this this uh this last couple of days having them here and like giving them a whole bunch of medicine to take with them and um it was really just it was like an acid trip dude I told them like you guys are like an acid trip I was like you guys bring such positivity and they get it's like people who don't have much but they give you everything everything they have there you know they have, he has two of something he gives me one and um there's not many people like that you know and that's what i meant earlier just to tie back like there's like a divide happening in the industry and people that want to be on this side of the fence that you and i are on are choosing to be on that side with us just by speaking to us just by being a part of this this uh this discussion whether in DMs or in the chat or whatever, coming and joining this and whatever. As deep as people want to go, they're they're a part of it. And so we've created this sub-community. You guys behind these channels. I'm just I'm just a fucking guest. You guys behind these channels have created this community, but the community creates awareness. And the awareness spreads like fucking wildfire. And once people start to understand what's going on and that this shit isn't just a, some stoners in a basement anymore. This is like legit people combining agriculture, horticulture, chemistry, biology, physics, 
you know, uh, and entertainment and uh, educational fucking dissemination, all this shit, you know, it's, it's all awareness and it all helps our cause to have, have our, have our fucking mother and father-in-laws look at us a little better, I suppose, something like that. That's another thing that uh, has been fucking a nice thing lately is the, you know, there's been some bad and some good uh, with the the current state of things, but, uh, you know, it was nice, but yet it had its drawbacks. Uh, You know, I've been in cannabis for my whole life, uh, seems like, you know what I mean? Hustling in in one way or another. Trying to get survive, whatever. Jefferson song, damn near it sounded like there for a sec. <laughs> but uh, it, it's kind of came, you know, super full circle for me. You know, even when it, it took on the caregiver uh, aspects, and I seen the importance and what I was doing to go to somebody else and go, hey, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a caregiver. They still kind of looked at, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, pothead, whatever, you know, whatever. It's, it's degrading what you do, I guess. Yeah. But now, now, moreover, you know, that it's becoming recreational and then the, this COVID time, and now it's uh, essential. We're fucking essential. Smoke that shit. You're going to get healthier. <laughs> you know what I mean? To come a full circle on that whole shit to get just. Dude. A, I know. We're doing another it's 182 because they're raiding people up here again. Like this shit is like 1980s up here. Like it's like, you know, yeah, they're essential, but only if the government's making money on it. Like, ugh, Christ, right. give us a break, man. Give us a fucking break. That's a little bit of that Cali thing too. It seems like they just why they seem to pick on Cali the most I, for some reason. Why is that? I mean, you don't see that in them horror stories as much in Colorado or Washington or some of these other bigger states. Uh, it just seems to be like California it seems to be picking a fight with them. I don't know what's going on. I'll explain it like this. Colorado's laws are like a bowl. And a bowl holds water. You can pour water in it and it holds it. California's is like a fucking strainer. So when you pour water through it, it doesn't hold. And so suddenly the laws don't fucking work at all. And even though they're still there, they look like they're working. They're in place. It's a grid of like, oh, yeah, look at us. We're an example for the country. But like we have all these loopholes that allow us to collect extra funds, like by raiding growers and, you know charging exorbitant amounts to get into the market all right man so look we're, we're good ways into this and you're making me fucking tarrant tarrant i'm not even gonna try to say kid's name terrence trent titanio i still fuck it up go ass backwards at this you know what i mean you kind of come in and kicked a bunch of knowledge on but now i can't sit here but wonder you know how uh, uh, an incredibly intelligent man has came from, you know, the fucking streets, 
or you know a bad background i don't need, i don't even know yet i haven't even got to get there yet damn it <laughs> how you got to get from a to b man you gotta fucking i'm i'm completely fascinated you gotta tell me at least <laughs> run through it or whatever run, you okay I'll fucking... run through whatever dude i mean like okay so um grew up in west palm in a rough part of it riviera beach um the school i went to in middle school was uh it was 95 percent black african-american and five percent like three percent hispanic and like two percent other so i was just a white boy in in this really dense hood and like um you know so i was the minority like if you would have came up to me back then and said Oh, black people are a minority. I would have said, what are you talking about? That's crazy. There, there's so many more of them than there are white people. Because my, my understanding was so limited. And then, um, and then, and so I was, that's when I was living with my mom. And then my mom and I weren't getting along. So I moved in with my dad when I was 14. And uh, he, he had money. And, but he, he did, he didn't, have much time so he I, I got to pretty much just do whatever i wanted and didn't see him very much um, but he didn't give me very much either i had to work for everything um but i started like just smoking a lot of weed and skateboarding and shit and um just trying to get out of the house as much as i could and um then i got accepted to college and like so i moved 400 miles away when i was 18 really grew up a lot that way and just I spent five years in a four-year program so had a lot of fun and then drove to I sold a lot of is this past the statute yeah past the statute of limitations so I sold a bunch of weed and uh <laughs> and raised enough money to buy myself a fucking badass Cadillac and drive across the country to California and uh got to California had almost no money left uh, bought this little apartment, got a little job, started growing, got accepted into this program at UC Merced, started studying, started having some really nice harvest. I was growing in Florida too, uh, in, in college, but, uh, didn't know shit about shit, just growing in my closet for myself. And then I started really learning when I got to California and I started I gave up on my PhD after six months and um, dove in completely. I, I also, I had a job. I was a pharmacy technician at the same time to earn a substantial income. Um, so I, I, I didn't go to school for it. I just took the test. So you can go to school for it or you can just fucking buy the book and take the test. So that's what I did. I just bought the book and took the test and passed it and became a pharmacy technician at CVS, made some, okay money enough to like build my grow up and learn and like make a bunch of mistakes. And then, um, I really wanted to get involved in the industry. So I sent my resume out to a few people and I got hired at an indoor grow, um, in the Bay in San Francisco Bay. And, uh, actually it was in Sacramento, but the dispensary was in the Bay and, um, but the grow was in Sacramento. So I moved to Sacramento and started growing there, living there. And uh, 
slowly switched to organics in my backyard while doing salts at the indoor spot. And, uh, like in my backyard, I was, I was doing organics and in the indoor spot, we were doing salts. And I was like, dude, this outdoor weed is from organic is way better. What am I doing? It's way terpier and shit. How is that possible? And I was like winning awards. I gave some weed to a friend who took it to NorCal secret sesh and entered it into the fucking competition and got first place. And I was like, okay, there's definitely something like to all of this. So, um, so, oh God. Meanwhile, I forgot to tell you when I first got to California, I started an edible business. I used to, for like three or four years, I had a gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan edible business. So I learned a lot about the chemistry of cannabis a lot. Like I was just like learning all about it. So anyway, fast forward. Uh, so we are, where did I leave off? We are, uh, it, I'm growing organic in the backyard and I discover that's fire. So I just fucking quit my day job at CVS as a pharmacy tech and got offered a position at an outdoor grow to have my own space to work for my own space. So I got to work and have double the space that I had before. And um, so I did that for like, gosh, I guess it must've been like four and a half years and, um, and killed it, dude. I just, I just, I was crushing it out there and I was working my ass off like 70 hours a week. I don't even know how I got married and like, had a kid and all that but like at the same time as I had a kid like I I moved to this temporary property so that I could start to gear up to move to Oklahoma because I started to realize that the laws were fucked and the laws in Oklahoma were stellar and ultimately I don't care where I am I just want to live the dream and um, that's growing a growing good weed for for people patients that need it and um, so I guess that brings me to now and the future, which is that I'm looking to to make as many connections in Oklahoma as I can. And I humbly like respect the culture in Oklahoma, the um, Native American culture. You know, I got I have some buddies out there who connect me to those roots. So it's nice to be able to to be so plugged in and and uh, and be so welcomed into their their environment and their you know, their legal environment, like what they have going on. It's fucking incredible. It's the only state you can own a gun and have a medical license. Like the only state in the country. Definitely a couple pluses right there. Yeah. There's a couple yeah. other things too, man. It's the, if, if anybody, like you go look at normal's website for Oklahoma's laws and I, I think I just probably made the price of land go up by saying that. It's hot, hot, hot market out there. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, it did. Well, they made it very enticing, that's for sure, to draw mm -hmm. new people. Uh, and I think they did that. But uh, I always like to see the, the budding markets like that, the states that are just signing on, because they're, it's, that's where the eagerness is. You know what I mean? The the next innovators, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of information that want to 
come from them. People just run in, you run out of the gates like that. In some of the other places, it's just like a sport or anything else, man. You achieve that win, and you tend to get that lax on it. You, know, you tend to lax on that win. You get a little bit fucking lazy. And it's when you get that lazy is when you fall behind. But when, you know, the tapping the new states, the other guys are just like, oh, man, we've been fucking dying to do this shit. Let's, let us into the lab. And that's where a lot of innovation happens. And it's where we're at right now. It's such a great place. And in that being as we can open source off a lot of shit. There's so much shit coming so fast that, you know, as these new states, these new eager beagers, if you will, come out, they have new stuff to, you know, leapfrog off of and take off running with and take us in a new direction. So uh, it's, it's amazing how fast this shit's going and it's off to everybody that's you know pushing it it's amazing there's some really really fucking smart people out there man i'm ever i've already and nice too people people that have like that know that i'm in california that are happy to connect with me and and start to like you know start to set up tradesies for when I get out there, you know, can't wait to expand my stable. I mean, Oklahoma is the most welcoming group of <clears throat> group of people I've ever come across. And I've been through the whole entire country. Yeah, it's a definitely a group, good group of people there. Seriously, all of them I've interviewed so far have been very great people. I've actually got a couple of brothers brothers running around you get to oklahoma there you see a couple of guys that run around and look exactly like me they're my long lost brothers <laughs> tell them i did an interview with your brother man he lives in michigan where do you know <laughs> where at in oklahoma i believe the ones in oklahoma city oklahoma okay and i'm, I'm like... not so sure where the uh, where the other ones running around there but uh I know there's two, and uh, so are you. Do you, not, they, do you not give out your first name? I mean, not publicly. publicly. It's it's eagle, but uh, eagle is your name, your real name. It's a middle name. Yeah, I don't usually give out my first name. That's pretty fucking cool, nonetheless. Definitely. All right, right. <clears throat> it's just uh, after well, I've lost practically everybody in my family. Everybody in my family's gone. And once uh, the last of them, my dad that just passed uh, a few years back, I decided to bury, you know, bury that first name with them and just go with what I had been going by businessly. That's been my business name for a long time, but I just kind of, people started calling me years ago anyway, but I just decided, you know, a lot of bad memories with that first name. Fuck it, a lot drop of it, fucking dude. bad memories. Hell with yeah. It. yeah, Eagles, dope, man. I can't. I didn't know that it was your uh, your actual middle name. That's pretty fucking cool, man. No, the grower is not my middle and last name. Just for the record. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my God. 
I thought Noah that I was going to have on a couple of weeks was going to be your brother. Oh, we no, yeah. Cousin, actually. Cousin, yeah. See, he, he's from the grower family. I'm from the grower family. Yeah, yeah, we're from down the street. Different, different sides. I yeah, different sides. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I it's funny. I only planned on doing like a couple of hours. I think we're at a little bit more than that. But if you'll let me uh, run to the restroom, I will be right back. Yeah, yeah. I'll just talk with you after for a second. Go ahead, man. No worries. What's up, American one? I seen some new people in chat there. Turbo Grows. Thank you for checking us out tonight. Uh, who was the other one there? I believe the American one was shouting them out. Comment. Rifting Fat Boy's been here before. There was uh, somebody else I noticed out of the corner of my eye. Wanted to shout out uh, Ginger Snaps. How are you doing, girl? It's been a few days since you've been in chat there. Rafter Girls will be here Friday. Looking forward to speaking with you. It's going to be another great night. Holy shit, that's tomorrow. Tomorrow! Holy shit, Rafter's tomorrow. <laughs> Man, these days and weeks fucking fly by anymore. 808 rooting prospect in the house. Clackamas Coot, what an honor. I know you came to see Aaron the Grower, but uh, man, I'm so honored you stopped in and uh, checked out the show tonight. Completely cool, completely cool. You've been asked to be on, the people in chat have asked me several times to extend an invite to you, so. This is a public invite, Clackamas. If you're watching this, uh, please, please take me up on the invite. Uh, who is that? I still haven't found the other name. It must have zipped up there, but there was most definitely a new name in chat there that I want to get to. i got to write him down. What's up, BioBiz? White Feather Grows. There's an Oklahoma. Oklahoma in. Did I say that one right? <laughs> Oklahoma in. I fucked that up as well. But another great guy right there in chat. Hopefully you can hook up with uh, Aaron when he gets to Oklahoma. Show him around. Where did that other name go? Right there, Jay Simmons. What's up, Jay Simmons? I knew there was another one there. In fact, since the book's right here, I got a second. Might as well put you guys in the book. All right, that was quickie. <laughs> yeah, and I let the dogs out. And I got a beer. It's a two beer kind of night, so. There you go. That's <clears throat> it. Adding uh, to my list, <clears throat> my shout outs list. A couple new people in chat. Yeah, you got to get Coot on, man. He's uh, he is like um, I would say like a like an uncle to me, man. He's like I t I spoke to him for an hour and a half before I got on this show today, and we were just straight talking, growing shit. And he's such he's such a positive. Like every time I talk to him, he's like he just loads me up with like this that passion that you were talking about. That guy's got it. That guy fucking, that guy is, he, he like, 
has nothing other than that in his existence. You know, and for me to, and this is, you know, I, I don't know if he's watching or whatever, and this isn't even a meme to kiss his ass to get him on, but it was, uh, there's been many a nights where, you know, I do this every night. So I'm constantly looking for ideas, people to reach out to. And there's been, he's been one that has been many a times over and, uh, but this is the kind of the thing for me, uh, and, you know, say you call it for what it's worth. Uh, as I see these, uh, people do these talk shows, it seems to be in waves. So it seems like every time I go to reach out on him, he's just hit like four other shows. And I go, man, <laughs> he's been on four other shows. I don't want to be, you know, that guy that just be the last in line there. So I've been trying to time it a little bit out of cycle with everybody else there, but man, he's been so, so in demand. And then it was a couple weeks ago, I actually caught him. I think it was on the uh, future cannabis project there. And uh, I actually got to see uh, a nice interview with him, a nice long form, you know, interview and seeing that passion and the fire there. And I was like, Oh yeah, I definitely, I have got to reach out to this guy. I greatly appreciate what's going on here. Did you, I, I don't know. It's hard to get through the whole thing probably, but <clears throat> did you see the uh, five hour and 20 minute video uh, interview that I did with him for future cannabis project? Like six I did months ago or so. Oh, cool. I did. I fucking listen to that shit all the time. Just like anybody else, man. I turn that oh, shit bro. on. I'm in much this garden all the time. I much appreciate I love that man. shit, man. They, that's as far as that goes, man. Shout out to them and that network there. I mean, yeah. people wonder how I do it. I, I go five hours a night, but I don't think that cat sleeps, man. He's. Oh, he's <laughs> not. You'll I see turn him around. He's like straight. Block eating cereal he's like all right i gotta all right be right back i gotta I'll be actually i do gotta be right back i gotta go get my dogs back in hang on. i think another and one dog needs to go out and one dog needs to come in hang on no worries brother matt steelbird how you doing ginger snaps chiba man aldridge 25 i kill rafter grows i can't wait to talk with you tomorrow jack green suck you know i'm not gonna let that let it go without that sound bite for sure. Shit, I'm rolling up another fanny. Get a rolling up another fanny. Sus, this guy, 7979 Burton. I'd like to get an episode with you as well. Of course, Fresno, Fresno nerds, I will believe, if I remember right, are going to be here on the 27th. I'm not looking at my calendar, but I believe I have them scheduled for the 27th. Who let the dogs out? Who let them in? Skip the hash eagle. No. No. It's all loaded up in this nice salad that I've got going on. <laughs> Chat's telling me to skip the hash. I'm skip the hash. You, no. Never skip the hash. That would be insane. 
If anything, just switch strains or something. That's what I'm about to do. What am I going to smoke next? Yeah, some cotton candy bubble kush. Kefir Osmond. That's one. There's one plateau I have yet to go is down the rat, the rosin rabbit hole. We can talk rosin a little bit if you want. Uh I well, it'd be a one-sided conversation because <laughs> I haven't oh, been oh, down well. there yet. Then I guess it wouldn't. You know, I guess I, I don't know if I have much to say about it either. I mean, it's like. It's just really cool that we don't have to be messing with butane anymore. I guess it's really the best thing about it. Well, I'm definitely a fan. I'm just not there to that avenue where I'm producing my own yet. Are you are you squishing some for yourself? I am. I got a um, this product is called the Nug Smasher. Um, sort of cheesy, but it's <clears throat> I got the Nug Smasher. XP, I think it's like the second up model. So it's got like a pressure gauge on it. So you can tell how much pressure you're, you're using when you're using the jack. And it's a, it's a 12 ton jack. It's all steel frame, very well built, strong, sturdy. I've pressed probably fucking pounds of rosin out of it at this point. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a learning experience. You know, you got to figure out what kind of temperatures work, what kind of pressures don't break the bag. I started doubling up on my bags, figuring out if you want to do the seams on the same side or the different side, figuring out if you want to do the fold or the no fold method, figuring out if you want to do the, like some people stand their bags upward and squish like all the way down. Some people lay them flat. Um, there's a lot of things that, you can, there's a lot of style. There's a lot of play, you know, there's a lot of fun you can have with it, but um, a lot of learning too. So I definitely pressed some fucking garbage, dude. Like I, you know, just old Keith. And I was just like, Oh, well, what's this gonna do? great. Now I got, now I got to smoke this. Look at this shit. <laughs> this is such a bummer, dude. It's like baby doo doo. Holy cow. Was that the Keith? Yeah, it was some cookies, Keith. And it was only like a few months old. But, I mean, it smells great, but who, you know, this is like, nobody wants that. I, I bet the well, chat's going to blow up, dude. Watch, they're going to hate that. <laughs> That's the thing, too, is uh, I think it, for me, I personally, when I look at things, I'm I'm incredibly cheap, incredibly cheap. I, when I think about shit, it has money almost all the time into it. And how can I save money? And when I think about rosin, I know I like rosin. I know it tastes good, but here in Michigan, that shit is terribly expensive, terribly expensive. So in my mind. It just kind of only makes sense if I'm going to go down that road. Well, then I just need to break down and start doing my own. And then, as you just stated there, well, now I've opened up another rabbit hole for me 
and now I've got a whole new angle to take me away from my garden. <laughs> I've got I've already got a five hour show that takes me away from my garden a little bit every day. Life. And now I'm going to start smashing nugs religiously <laughs> and trying to adopt new techniques and, you know, times and all that good shit. Oh, it sounds great, but yeah, for now, I'm just sticking with the bubble. <laughs> I have time for that. <laughs> you know, it's a great way to clean up some bubble. <clears throat> I'll tell you that. Like, to take bubble to the next level. <clears throat> I gave... Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for coughing so much. Um, I gave my buddy some bud. He trimmed it up for me. <clears throat> and he, like, made some hash out of it. And, like, gave me some of the hash and gave me some of the rosin. <clears throat> and the hash was nice, <clears throat> but the rosin was, like, boom. <clears throat> Just fucking lift off, dude. Whole nother level. Because <clears throat> it's, like, almost double the cannabinoid content <clears throat> of course you're losing some of the heavier earthier terps and compounds and flavonoids whatever <clears throat> but <clears throat> jesus <clears throat> well for me i don't know i just i i love the the full-bodied smoke of some bubble there just seems to be something in that i do too in no don't buzz. get me wrong i do too it's a, it's like a headier buzz. Like if you want to, I don't know, would you call it a daytime eye? Yeah, but that's the thing though for me. And this is where I fuck up with it when I've got more than I should or laying around like gay. But no, <laughs> I fucking, I'll smoke that shit and I'll smoke that shit and I'll be great, man. Get stuff done. And then there'll be that one that just the tipping point. And then, then it's like, oh, I didn't see that coming down <laughs> but for the most part yeah it's a, a really good heady you know daytime buzz for me yeah. for sure yeah yeah i know what you mean it's like once you take it to rosin it's like no matter what that shit's gonna make you sleepy you know it's like you're eventually gonna get sleepy i suppose not always but i mean i have a few strains that really perform well in rosin and i'm not you know there's probably some chemical and physical features to them that make them do well with rosin. Um, like they may somehow their, their effects get through in their, in the rosin, you know, whatever compounds cause those psycho psychoactive effects are in the rosin as much as they are in the weed, just super concentrated, but it seems like, yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to give you that amount of credit that, if there's a strain that that should be bubble hash, that should be fucking bubble hash. Like if that shit greases up on its own, you know, you, you turn into bubble hash and it's greasing and it's like, you know, you pull it out of your fucking pocket or whatever. And it's just like moosh together. All right. Maybe that's, that's going to be like really solid hash. Bubble hash. Like this. I have some right here. You want to see it? Yeah. Hit me. I actually, the other night, uh, it was Friday, me and Boom Farms, and D, D420K, and Smokey the Bear 2.0, who just won an organics cup here for his concentrate, made hash on the air live for almost 12 hours. <laughs> yeah. Hard workers. 
But this is uh, a little bit of some. Uh, actually, draw, dried this in a in a dryer. In a herbs now. This is uh, yeah. I mean, it's still got really good color for yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh yeah, killer texture. Damn, you make me want to break out my bubble hash. It's uh, Fuck. see if it get a good. There it is. Yes, beautiful, dude. What strain uh, is that? It's a combination of uh. Primal Punch V2, the of Med Grower One, and then uh, Dominatrix from Empire Breeding Company, and then uh, I've got a strain I mess with, uh, Beautiful Loser. But it's a combination of those three. When you bust that open, all you get is that banana from the Primal Punch V2. It's just, it's good. It's really good. Actually, I'm kind of. I'm actually getting ready to go to a event here. There's in Kyle and uh, I'm actually against going against everything and putting that aside to give away to, you know, people from the show and whatnot that I see, but uh, I'm saving that as much as I want to just dive into that. I've been avoiding it going around the other grades and, smoking the other ones instead of that one i've been putting that i'm gonna put that one up and hand it out Kyle here 25th of this one cool yeah, man i'm proud of that one it's gonna be good solid dude yeah a guy who's uh who gives away his his uh most prideful possession i would say yeah it's a stand-up guy right there huh eagle you're not a bad guy well it comes around you know what i mean it's not like i agree you can't make more Mm-hmm. It's like is it, it the 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 look when you give stuff away is much more valuable than sometimes the the product itself. So. Yeah, that feeling like can last a lot longer. You know, it's like like I I, I had I like for the same reason I felt the urge to talk about my buddies coming through and sharing their energy with me. I wanted to share that I gave them meds. Be- clear that they needed it it was it was like this is what i was meant for right here handing them these giant you know fucking hypothetical bags of medicine um fucking really uh warmed everybody's hearts man so that feeling yeah yeah, I'll, I'll remember that forever. I'll feel that. I'll be able to feel that every time I remember it. All right. You know, for me, that started when, uh, and I have much things to do with it. Well, I've always kind of gave it away for patients and, you know, felt that. But what I really started digging down is when I started uh, the seed venture, actually, with uh, Subcool. I was uh, his rep here in Michigan for a long time. And what the journey that I got through him, through that, was amazing. The people that I met and the chance I got to give away some fucking seeds and stuff like that hmm. was a, that was a, that's an amazing gift. I mean, giving the bud is a, a great gift, but giving away seeds, I found out, is uh, through him, by the way, again, was a whole nother level because it's, 
I always use that same corny fucking quote from uh, Christmas Vacation. That's the gift that keeps on giving right there, man. Once you get them started and get that process like we were talking about earlier going, especially on the new growers, you've created a whole new passion. And if you do it right, you can cultivate that fucking thing for the rest of your life. That one strain, if it pops off for you, you can fucking keep that shit for the rest of your life. A couple of nugs are great, and they'll get somebody by in, in a pinch and make them smile. But beans, beans can fucking last and last and last. You can run in that person 10 years down the road, and they'll be like, man, I'm still growing that fire. Thank you, brother, man. Shit. And, if it, and then in some cases, it can be like, that motherfucker bought me a house. <laughs> you talk to people like Kevin Jones. <laughs> that that cut bought me a house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good impression. Yeah. No. Uh, he, he did. I had a buddy in my house uh, years and years ago that was buying lots of, lots of weight from me. And I was like, somebody else came over and I was introducing him. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is Jay. He pays my rent, and uh, and everybody just like, ah, oh, I get it. <laughs> just started laughing, but you know it's true, man. Like these people, we're we're through all of the fucking eclectic different people in the industry. You know, the plant is what brings us together, and it's what it's what. Fuck, man, it's just such a cool thing, you know, just to bring back that, you know, what we were talking about earlier, like, it has a power to change the perspective of humanity. That's its greatest power, but I think at least bring people together, at minimum, bring people together. Oh, for sure. And then the same thing, you know, going back there, them events that we were talking about, is a perfect example of that. I mean, sure, it's a great uh, in network time, especially if you're in the industry. You know, I, I can't underline going to them events enough if you're trying to be in the industry or wanting to meet people. I don't know how key them events are, but uh, moreover, the people there, you know, that's the part that always gets me from, you know, young, young canvas smokers to people like myself older different walks of life just you know sitting there and enjoying it celebrating the plan and seeing them you know just so naturally do it without being offended and having that like fire atmosphere where you see people bump into each other oh yeah it's never like that it's i've never once been at an event and i've seen people you know jam-packed like sardines and them same big guys you know bump into each other you kind of think in the back of your head "Ooh, this could get ugly and it it's never does it's always been like a respect thing hey man sorry mm-hmm. it's, you know and it's uh, that's one of the things i love about this plan there's just so many great things that entails like you said brings people together if nothing else it brings people together exactly yeah dude like like dude you said you said it even better you know two people that would have fought in the bar standing in line at the cannabis cup nothing will make them fight like you know you might even take an insult less seriously like somebody could literally like make a your mama joke at me and and if i'm smoking a joint and they're smoking a joint and we're two feet away from each other am i gonna 
take that seriously, dude, there's like a fucking 1% chance that I'm going to take that seriously. Like no matter how serious that guy is. So, you know, it's, yeah, it cools the brakes on that shit, you know, cools the brakes on, on temper. And I mean, that's fucking a great reason to use cannabis. Man, I don't know how many times I've used cannabis just to either put out fires or uh, meet friends in general. I, you know, here's a good example. Uh, concerts. Concerts. I love to take in, especially joints at least like this. I'm known for joints way bigger than this usually footlongers if you've ever been to festivals with me i'm usually smoking on and shit like that and i'll sneak them things into concerts and shit what a better way to get a fucking good seat at a concert than to fucking stroll up into like a crowded zone and just fucking fire one up yeah, yeah. fire that one up you will be issued of way closer than you were prior <laughs> within time flat and meet a bunch of great people too. <laughs> you know, I'm serious. Bob Seeger was the, the perfect example there. You know, we were at the top of the hill. The concert was just jam-packed. And uh, we were like, yeah, this sucks. And we kind of wandered down to the bottom of the hill to a little bit better seat. And everybody was at first like, oh man, come on. You were kind of, I was kind of getting that. Oh man, come on, you know, because it was like the a hill like, type situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah like I, uh... I pulled that fucking foot longer out of my fucking <laughs> back and fucking fired that up. It took a couple of drags of it and fucking passed it, started passing it along, and then pulled out that other one and fired that one up. I tell you what. They were buying us beers and everybody that I was with, fucking drinks and stuff, before it was all over. I had school teachers, bus drivers smoking that. I don't usually smoke this, but man, this thing was so huge, I couldn't turn it away. Fucking getting their pictures taken with it. I mean, there was a grandmother standing next to me. She was all hitting that. There was a gentleman she was with, another uh, uh, older gentleman. And uh, she's like, don't let him hit that. Don't let him hit that. I mean, <laughs> he gets to be, you know, really talkative if you let him hit that. And I won't be able to to put up with it. And yeah, so concert goes by and I sneak back and I let him, I pass it back to him. She's like, you're going to talk to him for the rest of the night. <laughs> Happily. I'm like, <laughs> Gladly, gladly, but man, yeah. it was man, one of the best concerts I had been to in a long time. That's Met great, a lot man. of great people. I, I wonder, you know, how many, I wish I would have said something to somebody, you know, that we could all, like, in, in this day and age, it's too easy, you know. It's all, like, fucking hashtag whatever, so we could all look back and posted those pictures to look back on that night, a bunch of strangers that we could have, you know. Look back and like, oh yeah, I remember that. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I'm surprised there's not like an app for that. Like, oh, there should be. Somebody well, I guess Facebook fucking kind of is like that, but I don't know. I don't. How is Facebook these days? I haven't participated since 2011. I, I oh man, I you know that's about the time I tried to quit. To be honest with you, and just. 
stayed away from it. I went to every other platform, but because that was right around the time they issued, they said they were going to issue a, like a drug force to look over posts and they were going to be turning people in. And I was like, fuck that shit. Fuck Facebook. And then fucking did all my, everything I could to stay away from it. And then I started to feel good on uh, Instagram and then fucking Facebook bought it. I felt so betrayed. I, I did. I woke up that morning and I see yeah. Instagram by like Facebook. You- and I was like, ah, I felt I've talked to you for so long. Yeah. You snuck right in the back door while I was sleeping. You son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You fuck, dude. It's really like they snuck in right when we were like everybody was like addicted and like had built a fucking some of us careers like off of it like you know or like you know using it a little bit at least you know like there's no doubt that instagram is going to be a major tool in terms of like how my business how well my business does in in oklahoma but i fucking hate it i wish i didn't have to do it like and it's not you know I like spreading knowledge. So that's really what I've just started to use Instagram for is I'll just, I really just post if I think if, if I have a funny meme, okay, I'll post that. Um, I, um, and then I just post like educational shit, you know, if, um, if I got soil tests going on in my garden, I post about that. If I got tissue tests, I got, I got that going on. Um, and then I'll post it and, you know, I just try and keep it like that. And I've been keeping, uh, actual like flower photos to a minimum because I'm just trying to keep this page nice and clean because I don't want Instagram starting to get all mad at me. Well, that's the thing too. Damn. I hate to, yeah. They can be very lenient. I've been posting for years and years and years. And I don't think it's, I really, again, like we've talked about like before, I fail, I fail to want to believe that there is an accurate algorithm for that, for one. Otherwise, you'd see so much more of it. Or I refuse to believe that there's a team at Instagram, for instance, fucking looking over tons and tons of posts and redeeming random buds fucking against guidelines that's somebody with an asshole mentality that has took time to release some hate from out of their sad lives that's you know the only thing that i can come up with what it seems like to me is that that's part of it there's two assholes actually here's the thing i think there's assholes reporting so people that hate on you or whatever and then there's the, the excuse me the um the algorithm which takes into account um uh you know yeah it takes into account if people like you know flag your shit or whatever and then it it also takes other things into account like it starts running your photos through like object recognition programs that can figure out if you're posting about guns and weed and you know money and it's like oh shit like okay this is like an illegal account so just shut it down and then um 
and that's how people start getting deleted. So you just got to like, I don't know, you got to kind of like try and understand how the algorithm is created. And I say that like closely walking the line, you know. Well, I, this is why another reason why I say that shit too is, uh, I, I really believe that we could take all take the same photo, the one that set the algorithm off for you, let's say, and we could post it as a group, all individually on our accounts. I'm willing to bet it's not going to flag everybody. I'm, I just, I fail to think that same algorithm that it should be searching everybody for is going to set it off. I just don't wonder if at all. But how would you know if somebody flagged it, you know? Well, in this instance, in my instances, I I just I have never I've posted the same stuff, posted the same stuff, posted the same stuff, and have never had problems until problems arose from silly matters. Hmm. And then uh furthermore I've taken the same photos on Instagram that have been flagged and just calmly went to uh, Instagram and said, Hey, this didn't, uh, this didn't violate anything or doesn't go in against any other posts on my page. And I think they take two things into consideration. I think they look down your page and see, you know, is it positive or are you doing, you know, halfway decent shit? Or is there a bunch of hate, you know, I hate, my day's terrible, forget this, don't use that product. I think they take that shit into effect when they're looking mm-hmm. at that. But I, I've had a lot of my posts that have been taken down. I have went to them and went, hey, you know, what's up? And they turn around and put them right back up, hmm. which means, tells me that it wasn't against the algorithm, that it was somebody that went out of their way and tried to cause, you know, problems. So, so you know that's I assume that, yeah. so here's here's the thing about the algorithm. My understanding is that it incorporates like the strength. So like if you get one flag on a post, that's like that influences the algorithm a very small amount. If you get two flags, okay, that's more. If you get three, it's like exponential. Like the more you get, the way more they are likely to either review it or delete it, I think. So it's part of it. You know? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. it has something to do with it. Seems but, like it. I know. have no idea. They don't, you know, it's like nobody even knows. They don't even fucking proprietary that's bullshit. That's very true. That's, a, that's another thing, too, the shadow banning on Instagram. They may like even play along with you. They may not take down your post, but uh, through whatever reason, it's uh, shadow ban you to where you're just not being uh, noticed as much. And that's another thing YouTube was doing. I actually hadn't realized it had shook down into the YouTube realm until I had Medgrower one on the other day, and he was telling us, you know, things he was. He didn't stop coming on here streaming music because copyright infringements were knocking down the algorithms and you know certain things like that. But he, it was uh, I he was saying that certain things you can do around here would get you sh- shadow banned, and I think there's certain things that I've done that have definitely knocked me down in the algorithms a few times. But uh, 
you know, it, it, it is definitely a thing of shadow branding here. <laughs> they've told me days in chat that there are certain days where they'll be like, yeah, nobody got notifications that day. And it might be like the day after something, a flag, or I may have fucking did something stupid. But uh, it's weird how it works. It'll let you build it up, and then mm -hmm. it, something can knock you down. And then it's... I've experienced the same thing. Like I for like fucking a year I was hashtagging Shadow Band Clan because it was like everything I posted I would get like one or two likes. I'm like, how the fuck this this doesn't seem like you know, something's wrong here. So it was it was pretty clear that like I was shadow banned, so I you know I noticed other people saying that, so I started posting that. It's crazy that they can do that to us. Yeah, it is. It's not fair. It's not fair at all. Yeah. So we don't even have a say in it or even know what's going on for the most part until it's actually taking a lot of damage. And then you're like, oh, I must be shadow ran. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, what's going on here? Oh, you're trying to ruin my career? Got it. Okay. Got it. Fucking social media. So I wanted to see, um, I, oh, go ahead. I actually just kind of took note of the time as we were talking about it. I was like, man, since we were talking about it, I'm taking note just in case we've inspired an idea. I was like, man, let way this last week's going, man. Since I'm talking about it, I'm wondering if I'm going to get one at this time. Little email. You've got it. Uh, you received your flag for the day. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, it happened so. Did we say enough? Maybe yesterday. We need to say a few more fucks. I didn't even do nothing. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the funny thing about it. That's okay. Let's go back to the algorithm on that. It's in the name of the show. I've said it fucking fuck. I don't know how many times on how many episodes. Some of them to where it just seems like I just went. Fuck the whole four hours, you know what I mean? I said it so many times. Oh, yeah. But within the last week, I've gotten vulgar language flags three times. And it's in the title, you know, but what has now made that algorithm go off? It ain't no algorithm. It's an See, asshole. Can I it's, ask you They a both question? start with an A. They both you... start with an A, and they both <laughs> go off the tongue the same. But no, it's <laughs> what what is going on here? So you do this for a or you know, obviously you spend a lot of fucking time doing this. Um what is going on in terms of like why are they allowed to like change the constitution? Or or I guess or why are they not why don't they have, why are they allowed to like limit free speech, I suppose, on the internet? Is there a reason that you feel like you're like, why is this okay? Why, you know, why can we do this? Uh, in, I think they let it go in YouTube terms. I think because if, like, if they recognize that you're in a medical state that, uh, or it's legal recreational there, they figure that it's somewhat okay. And they're, we're just kind of riding that. 
I see. maybe be okay kind of line, basically. I see. Until they they say absolutely no. <laughs> so then why is it okay for them to censor you other times? Like why so they feel like you're interacting with people that are doing illegal things? At some point, yeah, actually, the one I got the other day said, uh, I can read it to you. Let me go over back to to it. Oh, sorry. Wrong thing. Uh, they said it was illegal drugs. It's flat out. It said uh, I was showing illegal drugs. Here's one from yesterday saying that uh, excessive content with excessive vulgar or excessive uh, or excessive vulgar language and or sexual language not considered to be appropriate for all audiences was that one and then uh, a couple days prior this one is for content features drugs or controlled substances that may be age-restricted content it isn't appropriate for all ages no we don't allow this type of content if the uh, uploader is under 18. So so why is the again, uploader kind of under cool. 18? Uh, and then also... Well, every, every video that's published has to say you, before you publish it, has to mm-hmm. say, is this before children or not for children? Otherwise, you can there's legal recourse. So I all my videos say they're not for children, but I don't necessarily say they're 18 and over. And now there's reasons for that. There's I have my reasons for that. Hit me and make those. them actually work for it. Basically, for one, by checking the box saying that this isn't for children, I'm anti-basically saying since the word children is involved and the next one would be adult. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it's not for children, then it's basically for adults. Why should I have to go through and check another box saying 18 and over? The reason why I don't do that is uh, if you check that box 18 and over, you basically limited a good audit section of your audience out that made you have to be at that point, you have to be signed in and stating that you are 18 before you can watch the program. The other way, if I don't check that box, like say you're, you're on your living room TV and you scroll through and you search out fucking talking shit with Eagle and it shows up there, it's live, you can click on it and watch it like that. But if it was age-restricted, you would show you that I was on, but it'd make you sign into your account and say you're 18 before you could watch it. Or it might not even bring it up at all. It might not even bring it up at all, if that's the case. So, so that's why I don't do it. So... You sh- you can we kind of should be a little bit careful, right? We don't want to like just start dropping fucking see you next Tuesdays and shit, right? <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know, but I don't know. I don't know. I just I don't know. I try to do. It. I've been a little bit more careful these days on how I handle it. Like before, I had lost a couple of good episodes. Like, say, if I play some music and it gets copywritten, uh, it strikes down that episode's hell. One of them I played, and it, it, it depends. Uh, the other night, what was it? Uh, I didn't even see it coming. I played Medicated by Wiz Khalifa. 
at the beginning of the episode, shut it right down in certain places. Never got to see it. Never even aired in certain places because of that copyright infringement. So I had to go actually go back and scrub it out, and then it would it re-aired for everybody where they couldn't hear it. It just showed me talking, but the music was gone, which is one nice option YouTube has given us. And but there's been a couple other episodes where I didn't even realize it. Wolverine Grower hit me up a few days later, and he's like, "Hey man, why'd you take my episode down?" I'm like, "Well, what the fuck are you talking about? Why would I take that jump down? That was tons of great knowledge you dished out that night." And uh, I realized <coughs> I didn't shut down the episode after he got off. I fucking played a couple of the tunes. Copyright. And it made it to where I couldn't scrub it out or, or right away. Or I didn't even know it had happened and just shut it down. Usually it'll say like partially blocked or there's copyright claim. If it ever does get monetized, they'll get the money, not you. And at one point, I was like, ha, 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 fuck you. I'm not monetizing my shit. I don't have no intentions on making any money off this. Fuck you. And then at some point, they were like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> we'll just start blocking your videos. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, uh, that's another way you can affect it. So I, I, there's been some I have to go back and through and scrub out the fucking shit. Then I was watching uh, another show, Witchy Weekends. And they had uh, where they were doing, they had their episode, they were talking about stones, precious stones, uh-huh, you know, kind of believer in that shit too. <laughs> but they were talking about stones and uh, they had people come on and it got a little squirrely in the after sets, the rabbit hole. And after that, they decided to uh, shut it down, do the main part of the show and then shut it down and restart with what I call the rabbit hole. They call the after sesh uh, and do whatever. That way, if I play music after, like say you get off and I start up again, I'm going to shut it down. You tell me I've had enough. I'm going to be like, mm, this is it. I'm out of here. I'll see you in five minutes in the rabbit hole and then I'll fuck off and do whatever. But I'm not going to play no music during your shit because I don't want to lose this gem. You know what I mean? I've learned, right. I've learned yeah. my lesson. Yeah. You know, so what I mean. So I had to learn the hard way to do that. Though. Navigate the uh, treacherous rivers of uh, YouTube and Instagram and fucking all the bullshit red tape. Well, you do a good job, dude. I mean, that's why I was. You know, I think that's why I originally. I think I kind of like invited myself. Well, I just kind of like said on the last Sunday, I was like. Um, or a couple Sundays ago, I was like, oh, I would love to be on fucking Talking Shit with Eagle. And were you watching that? I was. I was. Oh, dude, totally. I totally so. was. But <laughs> you know what's funny about that was is you just had sealed the deal. Because Chat and everybody else, fucking the American one and a few other people, and Chat had said it was one of them times where I was like, all right, who, who do you guys want to see? And you were one of the names. It came up like a couple weeks in a row prior to that. And then I tuned into the show and you said that I was like, done deal. I love these yeah. ones. I love cool, these man. ones, man. You know, it makes it so much easier when, you know, I mean, they're before I even reach out, they're willing to come on. I'm like, Fuck yes. Yeah. And they want to see him. Done deal. Done deal. I was stoked. I was stoked. That means a lot, man. Like man. I said, I. I like the way that you wrote on the show there. So that was an easy fuck yeah. 
<laughs> Much appreciated, man. And um, I, uh, I definitely appreciate you having me on tonight. I'm, uh, I'm getting, I'm getting cross-eyed and woozy. I probably should sign off here and uh, get my. Well, then there's a couple of things I need to take care of then before you go. One being the sound bite, which is basically kind of uh, the old radio school sound bite. You know, hey, this is Aaron the Grower, and I'm on fucking talking shit with Eagle, episode 179. Check it out. You can add to that whatever you want. Jazz it up, tone it down, whatever. But I definitely would like to get that sound bite. In fact, I got to stop this real quick so it was already recording. I want to be able to uh, separate this. Because this is like, when I post this, I kind of view this now to be like uh, my Instagram commercial for this episode. You know what I mean? So like cool. scrolling through the page and it comes up and they're like, he looks like a cool motherfucker. I'm going to go back and check out that episode. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> oh, you should have done this earlier, bro. I'm fucked up now. All right. We'll see what I can do. <laughs> you just tell me when. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. All right. I'm Aaron the Grower, and you are watching fucking Talking Shit with Eagle. Hell yeah. That works for me. That works for me. Cool. The other thing I wanted to tell you before you go is um, these Zoom numbers are always the same. And uh, in case you ever find yourself up or I'm on super late, that happens as well. <laughs> As I said with the twelve hour hash episode, those those happen occasionally. There's been a, actually a twenty four hour episode, four twenty. I went twenty four hours. I did the Michigan Bros Grow Show, and then I fucking tuned in, and I did went from eleven thirty seven or four nineteen to eleven thirty four twenty. Twenty four hours of smoking and having everybody on. <clears throat> I had Tanasi on, I had Medgrower one, I had fucking Lost Leaf, I had fucking all of them, everybody on that fucking day. And I fucking went to process it the next day and fucking it hung in YouTube land forever. I broke a couple of rules. It hung for like processing for like two months. And then I finally get this little thing in Reddit it said, yeah, your file is too long. It broke the rules of... Uh, <laughs> it broke two rules it said you broke the one rule it said your file can't go any longer than 12 hours at any one chunk so i learned that this year it'll either be broken up into two or at least three chunks to be savable and the file was too big it said you couldn't have a file over 128 gigs and with all the chat and all the shit that was going on i broke that rule too so you know Unfortunately, what? I wasn't smart enough to record it, so that episode will never air. But those who were a part of it will fucking remember. That's what I was going to say. That's a fucking historic moment, and it's going to be in your autobiography one day. <laughs> I hope so, man. Fuck you, fuck you, you too, bro. Fun. It's going to be in your book. Fuck you, too. <laughs> man, that's one of the things. I was kind of telling that story the other night, but like as... And I smoked all through the bro show too. So uh, I was at like hour 24, 23 on my end of it uh, during my little marathon. I am just like falling <laughs> out. I am like 
I'm eating like habanero hot sauce and chips to practically <laughs> smack myself in the face. You know, I'm tense, like watching me like a hawk. Here he goes. He's falling out. He's falling out. I'm like, at that point, I'm like, no, I'm not. You fuckers. I ain't falling. No, <laughs> it was like totally spite towards the end. And I was like, I don't know if I even want to see this shit. Sounds like <laughs> fucking uh, dance, like those fundraisers where you're supposed to dance for 24 hours and like you either like win something or some shit but like dude well, we are that not was kind of the here. mindset yeah that was what started it we, we we were gonna show everybody uh that 420 wasn't just like a fucking just straight out stoner event we could do something positive with their community with the cannabis plant but with the idea came in, in by Smiley's Garden. Shout out to Smiley's Gardens. He's the one that came up with the idea. And uh, we put it to wishing. So it was from idea to putting in effect in a week during COVID. So if we had trouble lining up a charity, uh, most of them weren't in for one reason, probably COVID reason. But it was tough to line up. But in the end, what I learned from that, Aaron, was... Uh, I think it worked out better this way. Uh, what happened that day is uh, I ended up in the beginning, I reached out and said, you know, this is for charity. And then as the time came close, I was like, man, I'm sorry. We couldn't fund. I didn't want to handle the money anyway. That was another thing. I didn't want to, I wanted to be directly funded <laughs> to whatever we picked out and that couldn't happen. And so I didn't, I went to everybody. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. We couldn't make that happen. So this is what I wanted to do. Uh, basically we're going to hope put out positive vibes, ask everybody to help every, you know, help somebody that day. Random acts of kindness do save lives. If you have a, you know, the, this is what I said to my guests, if you're coming on and you have a charity that's near and dear to your heart, we'll fucking plug that the whole time you're on. But for the moreover, we're just going to, in, in the end, you know, I thought about it towards mid or close to the day. And I thought to myself, uh, this is going to work better because to pick one charity, especially these times right now where everybody's so sociable uh, to get behind something or not get behind something or pick it apart, it'd be hard to find one charity that everybody could feel good about. You know what I mean? So in this way of not picking out one and just asking everybody to do what was right in their heart, uh, there was no, no way that, uh, it could the idea could go wrong basically you know what i mean it, so i think in the end it worked out just fine but it did start out to be a, like a charitable event that just kind of flowed into whatever we could make happen that day but shout out to everybody there were so many people that made that shit happen it wasn't just me but shout out to everybody that made that day happen i ultimately think it helped build what's going on today I think Absolutely. people have seen that commitment and, you know. It's Dude, okay. it's, it, I, like I, I said, it's people like you that, uh, real quick, people like you that bring that sort of, you're the catalyst. Like, I just want to grow pot, but I'm so glad that you are bringing awareness to the community and, and beyond. Well, it does. It doesn't happen without people like yourself and your time. You know what I mean? I could if I showed up every night, it'd be fucking boring. Nobody, everybody, <laughs> be done with that. 
long time ago. But you know, it's it's people like yourself that show up and make it watchable and make it worthwhile. And that's what I'm trying to tell you is if you see a rabbit hole, sometimes there's I strike out, guest doesn't show up. I kind of told you that a little bit earlier on. Sometimes there's a swing in the miss and there's just a panel show. If you happen to tune in and uh, it's a panel or you see one's coming up, Zoom numbers are always the same. You want to jump in and fucking hang out, talk some organics, drop some knowledge, fucking, or just fucking smoke and hang out. Feel free, man. I, The community loves knowledge. We can take it wherever the fuck we can get it. You know what I mean? And we like to just fucking hang out and find out where the fuck you're from, what movies you like, fucking music and shit. But sometimes it gets a little be a little bit random, but uh, it's all in good spirit for the community for sure. And you have the key to the, you know, anytime you want to hang out, please put it aside in case uh, some days you are interested. I would greatly appreciate you popping back in. It'll sure. be on my, sure. uh, it'll be on my shelf at like a, like the key to a city. Like you just granted me the key to the city. You're, you're to fucking talking shit with city e- Eagle city. Uh, that's a long name. Fucking talking shit with Eagle City. I just added another word. I should have just added that to my fucking soundbite. Anyway, uh, you know, I uh, I never expected to have this sort of discussion with you tonight, but I'm really grateful for it because this is sort of the energy that you and I have shared tonight is sort of been the energy that has been dominating my life recently. And it really is, it's like the universe is like pooling this, this tidal wave of energy. And I feel like something great is going to happen for all of us on this side of this fence that I was talking about, this divide. This is, this is all not for naught, you know, it's, we're fucking building something incredible, building something great. I mean, you know, no one, I don't care, YouTube, whoever, no one takes that from us. You can't strip that. I'm getting a little bit teary-eyed because it's it's real shit, but fuck. All right, yeah, I better. I want to. I want to give you a final word to respond to that. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're right, man. It is a great thing, and I appreciate the kind words. And thank you so much for being a part of it. And hopefully, you will uh, keep them numbers handy and uh, become more of a friend of this community because, you know. We could use friends like you. <laughs> I think everybody could, brother. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and uh, and, and the, the feeling goes both ways. So uh, it, it'll be a long and prosperous friendship. I have a feeling. So you got a friend out here in Northern California. Ah, uh, Oklahoma soon, right? Soon to be Oklahoma, but you know, you 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 only exist in the present moment. You never have tomorrow. So just. I am where I is, so here I is. Come on and see me if you're ever on my side. All right, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let you let yourself out. I'm gonna fucking say my goodbyes and get ready for the rabbit hole. And uh, thank you to the chat as well. Night. Yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in. I don't know why you guys like watching me. Um, you know, I get this guy's pretty, but I don't know why you guys are watching me. But I, I appreciate everybody so. Later. It's you're real, brother. Thank you, man. It's you're real. <laughs> Mad love for you and your, your cause. So you're real, too. All right. Peace out. Good night.
Well, you guys, I hope you guys, I know you guys have enjoyed this. The thumbs up, the number that people are watching currently tell me that you have enjoyed this episode. I know I have, and I truly hope he does come back and hang out and uh, at least in chat. At very minimal, come out, hang out, and drop some shit in chat. But if you would come back and hang out on some of the panels, I'd be greatly appreciated. So with that being said, got to do the wise thing, cut this one short. I'll pop back on with you and grab something to drink. We still got a full another hour to go for the 420 hour where we really shut things down. So ah, thank you guys so much for making this happen, tuning in. Do something nice for somebody. Random acts of kindness do save lives. And uh, if you don't tune into the next rabbit hole, well, thank you. To those of you who do, come on, get that tray full. Let's smoke down and talk some shit. I'll see you in a minute. Thank you. Love you.